Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy set to join us here in just a few moments. We will take your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401. At 415, we will chat with Kevin Ives from Plainsman Parking Lot about the Auburn baseball program. We'll have our player of the week. We'll have a monthly predictions update here on the last day of May. We're going to have best and worst of the weekend as we were off yesterday for Memorial Day and so we'll celebrate that here on this Tuesday. So we've got tons to get into on the show today. I hope that everyone had an enjoyable weekend. Uh, again, celebrating the Memorial Day holiday. Uh, hopefully you had a couple of moments of reflection for those men and women who have bravely served our country, uh, lost their lives in battle so that we could celebrate the freedom that we have in the United States each and every day. I know that personally I was able to go home and spend some time with family back in Asheville, North Carolina. A terrific weekend away, a terrific reset after what was a very busy spring for me broadcasting Auburn baseball and softball games and of course the softball season coming to a close and yesterday we learned that the Auburn Tigers would officially be hosting a regional as the number 14 national seed southeastern Louisiana Florida State UCLA all in the mix to take on the Auburn Tigers this upcoming weekend so we've got a full slated Tuesday show and we're going to dive right in again JJ and Brooks right now in the studio hello Brooks hey JJ I'm glad you had a great weekend thank uh, you sir I also had a great weekend went up to Huntsville for the second time in three weeks uh, for a friend's engagement party so me and my fiance grace were up there in huntsville over the weekend and some fun times crossed another uh sporting event slash minor league ballpark off the list uh sunday went out to the uh, rocket city trash pandas baseball game uh they took on the tennessee Smokies. very nice ballpark up there uh very new very modern uh really enjoyed it so check toyota field off of the list of uh minor league parks i've been to and check the Tennessee or the uh, the uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas off the list of teams I've seen uh, in the in the sports world. So a lot more to go still, of course. Uh, but yeah, big nice relaxing weekend, a long weekend, and uh, ate a lot of good food and watched some watched a little bit of sports. Didn't get a lot into uh, into it, but I followed everything. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers won in the SEC baseball tournament on Sunday afternoon over the Florida Gators. Big win there for the Tennessee Vols, helping solidify their number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Auburn baseball, as you said, the number 14 national seed. Even though they were the number 14 national seed, uh, they still had to wait to be the last regional unveiled yesterday during the uh, the selection show after to see who was going there. So a uh, little nerve-wracking there to see who was going to be in the Auburn's regional, but 
uh, death taxes in Florida State and Auburn in the same baseball regional. It's the same. You see it all the time. Auburn and Florida State seem to not be able to separate each saw other. Saw it in softball last year and then saw it in 20. I mean, it happens for multiple diamond yeah. sports between those two schools. And they uh, they continue to match up together. I mean, it makes sense. They're ge- geographically in the same area. And then, of course, uh, Atlanta Braves had a good week last week, uh, getting a winning record against the Phillies and the Fish, uh, splitting with the Phillies, uh, winning the series against the Marlins. And, of course, last night, first game uh, in the uh, out west, uh, another west road trip for the Braves as they lost game one to the Diamondbacks, looking to bounce back tonight. So can't wait to talk about all that. Can't wait to talk about a lot more NCAA baseball today, especially with our good friend uh, Kevin Ives coming up in the second hour of the show. And, of course, can't wait to talk to all of our callers this afternoon. It's going to be a great, great uh, Tuesday show that feels like a Monday. Let's just do that. And, yeah, we're going to do best and worst of the weekend a little bit later. You left a little early, Brooks, on Friday to get the weekend started. Yep. Uh, wise move by you, of course. And on Friday's show, we mentioned the idea of, I guess we're not going to do best and worst of the weekend on a Monday because it's typically a Monday thing. But I quickly was told by Mr. Ryan LaVoy and others inside the studio, no, 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 it's still the weekend. You could still celebrate some things over the weekend. So uh, I've been obligated to bring this segment into a Tuesday. So we'll do that a little bit later. Is that okay with you? Yeah. All right. Let's take your phone calls. It's the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, as we go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time during today's show. And joining us now, Matt from Tallahassee. Our buddy Matt has called into the show. Hi, Matt. Welcome into the show. What's up, JJ? Hey, buddy. What's up, bro? What's up? Hey, I'm glad we're hosting a regional. That's right. But hey, but JJ, it's already your fault in softball off, though. Yeah, it's been a little bit since that season came to a close for the Auburn softball team, and unfortunately, they uh, they weren't able to keep winning. So that was sad to see. So can you guys tell me anything about South, Southeast Louisiana, how good they are? Well, um, well, they're they're fairly. I mean, they're they're good enough to make the NCAA tournament. I'll tell you that much. Um, let me see if I can. They they, uh, they had a really decent baseball team this year. Let's see if I can pull this up right here. Make sure that I get these facts right. Uh, ended the year thirty and twenty nine, so just a little bit over five hundred. So not the best finish there, but they were able to uh, to go in and win their championship uh, in the Southland Conference. They were able to win two out of three versus the number one seed in that conference, the McNeese State Cowboys. So they were able to pull an upset there. They have had some good uh, good win or good uh, good games. They've played LSU. They've played Southern Miss, uh, a ranked team. They've uh, some of them missed twice. It looks like they lost both of those, but they were competitive games. And then they took down number one uh, when back when Ole Miss was number one back in March. They were able to beat Ole Miss five to one on uh, at home. And so they're they're a fairly decent team. They took one out of uh, one away from Arkansas in a three game series. They beat a top twenty five Louisiana Tech. So they are they're a uh, they're a pretty pretty solid club in the uh, in the Southland Conference. But like I said, one over five hundred. So they're they're not the, yeah. the best record, but they've got some quality wins on their resume. And like I said. They were able to upset the number one seed in the Southland Conference uh, and win yeah. their win their tournament. So, like, uh, if Auburn can win the regional, can they still host a super regional? Probably. 
It depends on who comes out of the Corvallis Regional. If Oregon State wins the Corvallis Regional, Auburn will not host if Auburn wins their regional. But if anybody else, if Vanderbilt wins it, if anybody else out there in that Oregon State Corvallis Regional wins it, Auburn and Auburn wins their regional, Auburn would more than likely be the host there. So, what, hey, what do you guys think about? We got like a uh, offensive lineman from Georgia that committed to Auburn. What do you guys think about that? Uh, you always need depth at the offensive line position, especially with uh, over the past few years. We've talked about that extensively with the Auburn Tigers needing more and more offensive linemen, but you always need more and more depth there with, for, the, uh, for the Tigers. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I, I'm about to go in to lunch and um, stuff, though. But, uh, Get some lunch I'll, in you then, okay? And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Hey, uh, War Eagle, you guys, and I'll do the care next time. Perfect. War Eagle, buddy. We'll talk soon. That's our guy Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. Brooks Childress joins me here inside our studio. Before we take our first commercial break of the show today, Brooks, why don't we celebrate some birthdays and sports? All right. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today. What do you got, Brooks? It's May 31st. It's the last day of May. And who's celebrating a birthday? Well, we got an NBA birthday, soccer birthday, a couple NFL birthdays, and a baseball birthday. So we'll jump right into the turning 38 today. It's a former NBA guard, Nate Robinson, turning 38. Three-sport athlete in high school. Robinson originally signed to play football for Washington. He played corner in all 13 games as a freshman, starting six games and grabbing two interceptions. He decided to focus on basketball as a sophomore in three years with the team, was a two-time All-Pac-10, and led the Go Huskies to the Sweet 16 as a junior. He declared for the 2005 NBA Draft and was taken 21st overall by the Suns. He's a three-time slam dunk champion over a 10-year career. Nate Robinson, 38 years old. I guess I didn't realize that he was out of the league. Yeah, out of the league. Fun guy to watch, of course, uh, Brooks. Famously, most recently, the most significant thing that happened to Nate Robinson recently. Do you remember what it was? He won the slam dunk contest. It was in 2021. Yeah, can't. No, not nothing. He got knocked out cold by a Paul brother. Jake Paul knocked him out. That was the most recent. Really? I'm serious. That Man. was the most recent thing Yikes. that Nate Robinson did. That's not something why? to celebrate on his why? birthday. Yeah, I'm say, why wasn't that on the fact yeah, sheet? Sorry. Man, Happy birthday, Nate Robinson. That. All right. Uh, turning 33 years old today is a German soccer forward, Marco Royce. Turning 33, Royce began in Dortmund's academy as a youngster and began his career with the club in 2012. He helped lead the team to the Champions League final. During his tenure with the club, he has scored over 100 goals and 243 appearances. He's won three Super Cups and has been Bundesliga Player of the Year three times. Marco Royce turning 33. I When I first got into FIFA not too long ago, it wasn't that too long ago, he was one of my favorite players to play when I would uh, play with Dortmund just so I could sub on Christian Pulisic and uh, play feed Royce and Pulisic play together. He was one of my favorite FIFA players. You didn't read the press release today about our show? No, what is that? We were to make no mentions of a Champions League final taking place. Oh, I'm place. sorry. You mean the one that uh, Real Madrid won one nothing over Liverpool? Yeah, that's the worst of the weekend. That one? Yeah. The one that happened on Saturday? <laughs> Happy birthday, Marco Royce. And Sadio Mane may be leaving. Oh, Brooks. Turning 79 years old today is a former NFL quarterback, Joe Namath. He's turning 79, almost at 39. 
Namath was a star athlete in high school, receiving offers from the MLB, but decided to play football to pursue an education. He was a quarterback for Alabama for three years, claiming a national title in 1964, even though they lost their first game to Texas, something they did regularly during this time period. Man, that's that's pretty aggressive there. Uh, After three years starting for Alabama, Namath was selected first overall by the Jets in the AFL draft. Signed with the Jets, where he would spend most of his career. He was a four-time All-Star, two-time MVP, one-time All-Pro, two-time AFL passing yards leader, one-time AFL champion, and one-time Super Bowl champion, giving him two legitimate championships in his career. That's a little aggressive. Yeah. I don't know who wrote this. Sheesh. Man, date not Joe Namath. <laughs> 79 years old. Broadway Joe. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, turning 37 years old today is a former NFL wide receiver, Jordy Nelson. Nelson was an amateur track national champion, an all-state basketball player, and Kansas football player of the year in high school. Was elected to the sport, and was ele- and he elected to play football for Kansas State. Go Cats! In three seasons at K-State, Nelson amassed 2,822 yards and 20 touchdowns. He was an All-American in 2007. At the time his collegiate career ended, he was at second in school history in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Left school and was taken 36 overall by the Packers in the 2008 NFL Draft. He spent 10 years in the NFL, nine of those with the Packers, as a one-time Pro Bowler, one-time NFL Corner, Comeback Player of the Year, and one-time Super Bowl champion. Jordy Nelson turning 37 years old. He was fun to watch. Yes, he was. That Rogers, Jordy Nelson. Really good wide receiver. That was that was the hookup before it was uh, Jones and um, Rogers, right? Out of the backfield, Aaron Jones? No. Uh, Devontae Adams. Adams that's thinking what I'm of. thinking yeah. of. I thought you were going to give James Jones, their wide receiver that wore no. a hoodie, some love. and that would have been awesome. Happy birthday, Jordy Nelson. And then uh, turning 27 years old today, uh, it's a starting pitcher for the Cleveland Guardians, Shane Bieber. No relation to Justin Bieber that we know of. After posting a 1.4 ERA in high school, Bieber walked on at UC Santa Barbara, go Gauchos, earning a scholarship as a sophomore in 2016. As a junior, he was drafted in the fourth round by the then Cleveland Indians. He spent two years in the minors, once throwing a no-hitter, and was called up later that year. He was established himself as a dominant force for the Guardians, as in 2020, he led the American League in strikeouts, wins, and ERA, winning the Cy Young Award and pitching the Triple Crown. He is a two-time All-Star. So happy birthday, Shane Beamer. Beamer. Shane Beamer is not having a birthday today. <laughs> Shane Bieber having a birthday today. Also, happy birthday, Jordy Nelson, Joe Namath, Marco Royce, Nate Robinson, of course. And let me add two Auburn right. football birthdays very quickly. Sammy Cohen, a walk-on wide receiver. Want to wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday. And then the bigger name of the four, of the Auburn Tigers, Brandon Council, oh. a starting offensive lineman for the Tigers by way of Akron. He's celebrating his birthday today. May 31st birthdays, Brooks. That means tomorrow is June. That's right. And so, of course, if it's your birthday out there, happy birthday. You. I want to take a commercial break. How about you? Do it. Let me get a break. When we come back, Ryan Lavoy joins the show. Retired Wardam Steve's waiting on the phone line and more. This is a Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. <laughs> Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys.
Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on this Tuesday. Again, fresh off Memorial Day. Glad to be back on the airwaves. Full show today and throughout the rest of the week. We're getting you set for Auburn baseball in the NCAA tournament. Tigers take on Southeastern Louisiana. What's their mascot, Brooks? Lions. Okay. Uh, So we've got some big cats going head-to-head at Plainsman Park. We'll also have some Bruins and some Seminoles. That's right. So uh, it's going to be fun. We'll see who wins. We literally have lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Wow. (laughs) Andy Burcham will join our show at some point this week, and that needs to be brought to his attention as the play-by-play voice of the Auburn Tigers. Let's make sure we remember to do if, that. If Bradlaw has not already done it, so we right. need to. Yeah, I will. Uh, that's a great point, Brooks. We're going to make sure that takes place. Uh, Ryan LaVoy here with us as well. Hello, sir. I hope you had a good weekend. Oh, yeah. I had a great weekend uh, in Birmingham. Saw the parents. Spent some good time with them. Also went to the, uh, the wedding that I planned on going to and uh, had a late evening celebrating afterwards. And so... Uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a good weekend, and uh, still kept an eye on everything sports related, though, and including the the longest race in NASCAR history on, on Sunday night. And uh, some people don't like to respond to text messages <laughs> when that's happening, but it's totally fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the sports this weekend. Uh, really, today is like a, a breather day yeah. for sports for me uh, because it's all going to be very vitally important starting tomorrow. Uh, I'm a Lightning fan, so NHL Eastern Conference Finals start tomorrow. West Finals start tonight, but eh. Uh, <laughs> can only focus on one at a time, so we're going to focus on the Lightning. You're not a big Edmonton guy? I fear both these teams and don't want to watch them because I feel like whatever the Lightning do is just going to be in vain in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, uh, got the East Finals starting Wednesday, and then you got the NBA Finals starting Thursday with the Warriors. So, uh, I'm going to be nervous. Oh, then, oh yeah, and then Friday, Auburn hosts Regional uh, in, in baseball in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so, tell me about that. They're a 14 seed. Let's hear from you. Um, yeah, well, you know, it was stressful in the lead up trying to figure out if they were going to be. A, uh, a regional host. A lot of momentum online as the mm. weekend progressed was going kind of away from Auburn yep. getting a host position. D1 Baseball, who we obviously value their opinion, and, and uh, Kendall Rogers, who we've had on the show many times over the years, uh, listed Auburn as, as out, as uh, not going to be a host, and, and really was not considering them very strongly. He was not you know, he was saying they were a couple spots away, yeah. and Auburn ends up hosting. So he ended up kind of not criticizing it, but at least questioning it. Uh, but Auburn being a host, look, Auburn's competition is not was not going to change much whether they were one of the first teams not to host or one of the first teams to host. Because essentially, what's going to happen here is you're looking at UCLA. UCLA is a team. Uh, as the two seed in this regional that was very close to hosting. And and that's kind of how that works, you know, because if you're 14, 15, 16, you're going to be playing other top 20 or 25 teams that barely just missed out on hosting. So if it had gone the other way for Auburn, I know geographically it wouldn't made a lot of sense to go out to to UCLA if UCLA had hosted, for example. But Auburn would would be thought of as a very strong number two seed for in in someone's weak number one. Auburn wouldn't have gone to Tennessee you know, to be against the number one team. They would have gone to someone that was one of the lower last host teams. Maybe they got to Georgia Southern. Maybe they would have had uh, what 
some would deem as even a weaker opponent, but you wouldn't have been at home. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the projections this weekend I saw had him going to Hattiesburg. Uh-huh, Southern, Southern Miss. Miss, one of the last to host. So e- either way, Auburn was going to end up in a pretty comparable one-two. It was just if they were the one or the two, which means are you hosting or are you not? And great for Auburn that they are hosting. They they backed themselves into a corner late. I think we can all say that if they had a better Kentucky series if they had gone through the SEC tournament, then they still could have contended for a top eight given that they were 14 but obviously that ship sailed once they lost two out of three in lexington and uh, fortunately were able to hold on to this 14 seed so auburn is going to take on the likes of southeastern louisiana while florida state plays ucla in regional action starting on friday i mentioned traveling back from north carolina here today and uh, i was actually listening to packer and durham this morning guys and sitting alongside Wes Durham was our good buddy Drew Carter mm-hmm. and they had Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball who has also been on Sports Call before several times. Both Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fit have been on our program uh, a couple of times in the past talking about all the regional sites. NC State one of the biggest misses in the tournament to not make the field and that's a conversation that we have no interest here here locally but with UCLA the conversation came back up at that RPI metric because like Auburn going into one of their final games against Sanford picking up a win and being hurt by the win thanks to the RPI metric the biggest point for UCLA schedule was a non-conference series to start the year they played UC Riverside UC Riverside would you like to finish or guess their final record on the year Brooks uh, I'm going to take a guess since not really good. So I'm going to say single digits. Eight no. and 45. Bro. And so because they've got these three wins, you know, they, they've, they've got this math now yeah, that they can basically that. say yeah. because you have three wins versus an eight and 45 team, that's what took you out of number one seed discussion. And then you're paired with – so it's like it, the, the conversation at D1 Baseball is – this is really close right. to having been the Los Angeles regional that UCLA's hosting and Auburn's going out that way. But because of some of the silly flaws within the RPI metric, one in eight and 45 baseball team is just comical. Like, yeah. that's just not great. I don't <laughs> think any of those kids are playing in the uh, major leagues yeah. here. But uh, I, I just found that so fascinating that uh, a three game series at the start of the year that you took care of business, UCLA swept them, and uh, it, it just hurts. Yeah, it, it, it goes to show you it all adds up, right? Because if you played – if you just kind of looked at Auburn as someone being on the bubble of, of hosting and you take into account the last thing they did, then it wouldn't look very good. And they, they might not get the preference. But the fact that they still won a game against the number one team in the country – uh, against Arkansas, that they won a lot of series against teams like Texas A&M and LSU yeah. uh, that were ranked high. I don't think LSU ended up posting, but A&M's hosting. Um, that they had quality series victories, it, it mattered throughout the entirety of the body of the work. And for UCLA, it didn't matter that those were all wins, although I don't think you should necessarily be penalized even for wins against bad teams. I think you just shouldn't get any credit it should just be kind of be like a non it's just a, a nothing shouldn't be a minus or a plus yeah because it's like you know you had some teams in the end of the year oh miss cancel games because it was going to hurt their rpi how can you cancel a, like the first series of the year saying oh this is going right. to hurt our rpi <laughs> and have no idea. Do that. Yeah. yeah and so 
you know that that's frustrating for UCLA. But again, it goes to show you Auburn is host, and um, you know everyone made the jokes about being in with Florida State, but UCLA is a team that's good enough to be a host on paper, and so people probably should root for Florida State to beat UCLA and just understand that this will not be a walk in the park as it wasn't going to be. I mean, you're barely a host, so you're playing a very even team with you, but um, it's definitely really exciting uh, for for Auburn to get the host, and they certainly have been very battle-tested this year with the robust teams that are in the SEC and uh, a league that's still got – um, I don't have the number in front of me, but top of my head, probably about 10 teams in, nine teams. The SEC, nine uh-huh. teams. Um, so you played a lot of NCAA tournament caliber competition all year long in, the, in league play. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to be a part of the program. Wardam Steve joins us after this next break. We've got one break to get to. We'll pay some bills and take your phone calls right after this on Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on this Tuesday. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with my buddies Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childress. We you could be a part of the show by giving us a call at 334-887-3401 as we want to go to our Auburn Bank phone line. Joining us now, Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve has called into the program. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon, Mr. J.J. Jackson, Mr. Ryan LaVoy, and Mr. Brooks Childress. The three amigos are back. Good afternoon. Good to hear everybody's voices. So let's get to the wide, crazy world of sports. Mr. Ryan LaVoy, I'm sure you must be looking forward to your Warriors play. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you cut out a little bit at the end there, but yeah, very much looking forward to uh, to the NBA Finals, and I'm uh, very nervous about it, but very excited for Golden State to be back here. So what's your uh, expert prognostication of how this uh, turns out, the outcome? Yeah, Boston does a, re- a really good job against Golden State. Boston's length has bothered them on the perimeter uh, because Boston has had good length with their wings and Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. They've been pretty unbothered at, at times by Golden State's defense. Now, granted, all, all we have to go on are regular season matchups, but Boston is the only team since the Warriors started this, this run here in the last eight years. They're the only team in the NBA to have a winning record against them. So I'm very concerned about it. And, and and also, something that's interesting about Boston is they've been incredibly good on the road. They, they just won, obviously, a Game 5 and a Game 7 against Miami on the road. So they ultimately won three out of four on the road in, in that series. They swept Brooklyn, so meaning, obviously, they won both their games on the road there. And they won two big games in Milwaukee as well. So uh, th- this team is is 
um, really immune to the effects of road crowds. So, um, right, I haven't made my pick final, and I won't do it till Thursday. But I'm actually leaning Boston in seven. Wow. Well, I want you. I want to put you at ease. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what Boston doesn't have? What do they not have? Stephon Curry. They don't have Stephen Curry. Absolutely. So uh, I'm thinking he's going to be the uh, the money maker. All right. Well, moving on, guys. Uh, you know, no one mentioned anything. And I want to bring it up because I thought they did an outstanding job. Uh, they didn't go as far as I hoped they would. But our men's golf team tied for tenth place, and unfortunately, uh, they didn't make another cut. But uh, considering you know who they have coming back, mostly what freshmen played on the team, and not maybe a few sophomores. Yeah, that's a really, really young team this year. They had a few seniors leave uh, last year. They got a really young team. It's a very good young team. So this Auburn, uh, this Auburn golf team, both on the men's and women's side, are not going anywhere on the national stage anytime soon. So I thought they made really a good showing. Um, maybe uh, next year will be uh, the, the ticket. Moving on, guys. Who said this? And who was it said by? Because I love this quote. I just saw it today at uh, Auburn Two Forty Seven Sports. He is the best leader I've ever played for, and he is somebody who cares more for you than just who you are as a baseball player. Who said that, Steve? I mean, that's uh, that's around Butch Thompson, and I'd imagine is one of the Tigers. Was that Nate Larue? No, pretty close. So Brody Moore. Brody Moore. Okay, one of the leaders yeah. for this team. Right, I, I thought that was a really uh, a very telling uh, comment uh, to make about uh, Butch Thompson in the blogs. And a lot of people have been critical of him uh, that he uh, maybe doesn't deserve uh, the, the extension of the contract. But uh, I said, you know, uh, hearing a player say that about um, their, their coaches to me is is, is quite a, a common uh, commentary. All right, uh, moving on, guys. The, uh, the birth dates. I uh, was uh, uh, astounded to, to hear that he's this old, but uh, I guess I'm getting up there too. So, Mr. Broadway Joe now. 79. Yeah, now now I call him Medicare Joe. <laughs> you know why, don't you? He's getting older, that's for sure. No, he does a, at least every hour on TV that I'm watching TV during the day, he does a commercial for some Medicare uh, Advantage company. Uh, so I'm, I'm calling Medicare Joe. Yes. I guess he must be hurting for money. <laughs> All right, moving on, guys. Uh, about this baseball thing, I ran across this from a website called electoralvote.com, and they do a lot of uh, fact searching. Okay. You know, uh, Cooperstown has been uh, anointed has been the birthplace of baseball, right? Right, the Hall of Fame. Well, forget about it. Okay. Why? Because Aber Doubleday. Uh, who allegedly organized the first baseball game in 1839 there. Right. Never happened. Never happened, guys. Here's the, the true history, the facts. Doubleday actually was at West Point in 1839, and there is no credible evidence that he even knew anything about baseball. Okay, wow. Now, you can fact check it, but this comes from the people who fact checked it, and they said he wasn't even in Cooperstown, right. and he was at West Point in 1839. So then how could he be with the so, game? Yeah, that's interesting. So there you go, okay? We've got a supposedly founder birthplace of baseball, and didn't happen. Right. All right. 
Uh, moving on, guys, about the uh, the regionals, uh, and I'm really, really so glad because a lot of people, uh, I say a lot of people, many bloggers uh, posting on all the 247 Sports Notes were saying that we were going to get beat out by LSU, right? I'm sure you heard those rumors. Right, I remember. Yeah, and because uh, of our losses to Kentucky, not making it very far in the tournament. But then I see the ranking of the national top 16 season. I see who's above us? Florida. Guys, tell me why I should not be astounded that Florida was uh, 13 seed and we were 14 seed because Florida's record is 39 and 22. I was just 37 and 19. Did they have a better winning record uh, in the SEC or what? How do they get rated uh, one one seed higher? Well, you look at uh, you know you, you look at some of their non-conference games. Uh, they they played. Liberty, who is a, a national or not a national seed, but they were a tournament seed team. They played Miami, who's a host team. They played Florida State several times this year, who's in the NCAA tournament. Their RPI, they played uh, LSU, they played Georgia. Their RPI is just a little bit higher than what Auburn's was, uh, it looks like. Okay, and so that's your justification and you're sticking to that right plus they can they made the uh the sec uh championship game they ran through the tournament and they uh they only lost one or two games in the sec tournament this year and one of those was to the number one team in the country the florida gators and, and or the, okay. the tennessee volunteers and, and also steve i would just say um that they had a a stronger end to this season because they did uh win their last series of the year they did beat florida state uh, who's obviously in the NCAA tournament. They swept Mississippi State, uh, won a series against Missouri. So they won uh, their last four SEC series of the year, including um, making the SEC championship game, which, of course, they did lose to Tennessee, but but got quality wins in the process against Arkansas and Texas A&M, who are both host teams. So I, I just think it's about how they they finish season. I realize they have three more losses than Auburn. They also have two more wins, and so I think I think it's just about how the teams finish the season. Okay, fair enough. I just want to hear your comments because I didn't know you know what I explained that. All right, sticking with the uh, regionals coming up, guys. Uh, I've heard some bloggers, read some bloggers on Auburn two forty seven saying that it's a favorable uh, bracket for us. Uh, tell me how you see uh, the bracket that uh, we are in in the region that we're going to be competing in. How favorable do you see it, or maybe not favorable for us? Yeah, I think, you know, in general, the two-seed UCLA is going to be pretty evenly matched with Auburn. Anytime you're around that 13, 14, 15, 16 range, even though you're a host, you're going to have a team in your regional that's going to be pretty comparable to you because UCLA, we were talking a few minutes ago, uh, might have been a host team if they had not had such an RPI blow early in the season when they swept a really bad UC Riverside team. So I think when you're looking at UCLA, that one would be tough. Now, obviously, I expect Auburn to get through southeastern Louisiana, no problem. I understand that they have some decent wins throughout the season, but ultimately that's a 500 team coming from a smaller conference. So Auburn should be well favored there. Florida State is not playing good baseball at the end of the season. I talked about Florida beating them towards the end of the season, but also so after they lost to Florida, they then got swept by North Carolina, who went on to become a, a host team as well. So Florida State's kind of backing up here, and they were supposed to be a two seed a couple weeks ago, and they backed up to a three. So I, I don't think Florida State's playing well. It, it, I would circle UCLA as the team that if Auburn were to have trouble, if they were to lose, uh, it would probably be to UCLA. So 
Southeast Louisiana. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I still have to remind myself what Tom Peavy was like, throw out the records because anything can happen in, in baseball games, but it's true. The record overall is 30 and 29. Right. But I've seen uh, some of their pitches apparently are pretty darn good. One of them, I think, is supposed to be or would have been a starting pitcher plays uh, with a, a sprained MCL. Uh, but tell me why we shouldn't have to sweat this game out. <laughs> well, I, I understand they do have a win over Ole Miss in Arkansas this year. So so right. I, I will say the bottom line is it is possible. Um, I, I think you shouldn't sweat out too much, though, because Auburn is home and this is an important game. And these 1-4s these don't happen an egregious amount. I'm not saying they don't, they don't ever happen, but Auburn's going to put their best foot forward in the opening game. And, and ultimately, while southeastern Louisiana is is capable of a great performance and you know one that an ever one out of every five or ten game performance the reality is they still had a lot of losses in the southland to teams that are, are well below ncaa tournament quality and so uh, the on the on average southeastern louisiana is, is not very competitive with auburn it is just once in a in a blue moon so i think the probability is still very high that that this is not a southeastern louisiana great game and that auburn uh the averages out as a, as a clear favorite and there's the warning flag for me. Once in a blue moon, Ryan. Right. Because if, if, if anybody can make a once a blue moon team look like they should be the world champions, Auburn is the team that can do it. It, it, uh, it seems that way sometimes. And uh, like I said, you know, yeah, I, I'd love to sit here and say there's just absolutely no way it could happen. But I think we all know that it's at least fathomable. And if it's fathomable, then you have to pay attention to it. But, but again, I, I digress. Auburn is well favored. And nine times out of ten, they're winning this game. And just got to make sure that you come prepared to play. You don't overlook Southeast Louisiana. You understand they are capable. And, and get, the, get the regional off to a good start. And then I also read uh, – that Bush Thompson is apparently considering either uh, Bright or Gonzalez to be the starters for the first game. Uh, who would you think would be the better uh, starter? Uh, if if you're going against uh, you know you're going against southeastern Louisiana as Ryan was talking about it's a team you should beat. I would much rather go with Trace Bright for that first game because Joseph Gonzalez has been your more solid starter. He's been the Sunday guy going out there sealing up series wins for the Tigers, and he, he's went. I would say that Gonzalez has been the best pitcher down the stretch for the Tigers, and I would like to in in theory I would like to save him for that. If you were to win against southeastern Louisiana, that very pivotal game to get you to that third day that that championship game where you still have to lose twice if you do lose that first game still joseph gonzalez gets you back into that next game when you're playing the loser of the other game and so i think trace bright's a good it would be a good uh, fit for that friday game against southeastern louisiana he's a solid starter he has struggled several times this year it's usually with trace bright though it's usually just one inning one inning and a half that gets him and that gets him in trouble and then after that he's able to work through it but if, if you're just going you know going up against southeastern louisiana that first game trace bright and that gets you to Justin Gonzalez in either a must-win game and you know he can pitch it or a game against a, another good opponent that won their game already and that gets you to a, a championship game. And am I seeing this correctly or not? But uh, from everything I've read, we're in a good position to not have to contend with Florida State or UCLA's best pitchers when it comes to us to play either one of those teams because they're going to be out-competing each other uh, 
when they're playing each other with their best pitchers. Is that the, the correct interpretation? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's always a very fascinating strategy study in the NCAA baseball tournament. We talk about in softball how g- girls can, can throw multiple games throughout the weekend. Really, they can th- uh, can't throw every single game and every single inning, but they can throw 70, 80% of the innings throughout a regional, even if it's four or five games. But with baseball... Uh, look, you can really only use your starters once. Now, you might, if your starter gets hit pretty hard on Friday, uh, might be able to bring him back for a couple innings on Sunday. But, but in large part, you're only seeing these starters once. So being in that 2-3 matchup is so difficult because if you get into the loser's bracket – it's a mountain to climb. Um, And so you really have to start out strong and have to win that first game. So I would be interested, Steve, to see how UCLA and Florida State play it. But I would tend to agree that odds are they will throw at worst their number two starter, if not their number one starter in that game. All right. And finally, gentlemen, thank you for letting me uh, uh, just ramble on. Yes, sir. Here, Here is a trivia question for Memorial Day weekend. Okay, give it to us. Memorial Day weekend is usually when studios will release their biggest films of the year. So, here's the question. Adjusted for inflation, what film holds the record for the highest Memorial Day weekend domestic opening gross? Your choices are... Oh, multiple choice. All right. Yeah, here's your choices. Gone with the Wind, which opened in 1939, Memorial Day weekend. Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, 1977. Pirates of the Caribbean... At World's End, 2007, Black Panther in 2018, and finally Top Gun Maverick just opened up this weekend. Steve, I believe it used to be At World's End, Pirates of the Caribbean. I believe it is now Top Gun Maverick. It really is very good. You must have cheated. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I talked about that headline on I, Yahoo with my mom last night. I soak up box office numbers, Steve. I'm actually it's actually kind of a small hobby. Okay, according to electrovote.com, who did this fact-checking, Pirates of the Caribbean, when adjusted for inflation, is the answer at World's End. But when not adjusted for uh, inflation, then Top Gun Maverick beats it. There you go. I've heard really great things about Top Gun Maverick. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm going to go see it tomorrow with my daughter. You guys seen it yet? No, we, we, haven't, we yeah. haven't, but I think we're all going to make plans to, to watch in the next week or two here. Austin is going to see it tonight, and yep. he'll be on the show tomorrow. So if you give okay. us a call after you see the movie tomorrow, Steve, we'll be able to talk about it. I will do. And, guys, you, you may or may not know, but uh, Keith Niebuhr uh, has left. After 10 years. Yeah. After 10 years. Yeah. Really excited to see uh, what the next stage of his career looks like. I'm, I'm happy for him. Do, do you guys have to know where his next stop is going to be? I'm, I'm curious to find out when the rest of the world does. No, I, I don't have any inside information when it comes to his next move. Because he was really a great... Uh, He's great. great. Absolutely. Before. He really was. And of course, you know, uh, we may not know, but his mother passed away last week. Right. I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got for you guys. Uh, I hope you guys have got tickets because all they got is staying room only for uh, this weekend's games. That's right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Steve, we appreciate the phone call from you, friend. As always, thank you for your time. I know my time is way, way up. I owe you. uh, I can't get out of of the hole. I owe you so much. But uh, have a safe afternoon, safe evening. I enjoyed hearing your comments. 
And thanks for me to ramble. Until next time, War Eagle guys. War Eagle. Our buddy retired War Damn Steve joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. All right, before the end of the hour, let's uh, celebrate our new Player of the Week here on this Tuesday. Sports Calls Player of the Week. Braves third baseman Austin Riley is Sports Calls Player of the Week, presented by Eric McDade, State Farm. The Tennessee native is hitting 357 over his last seven games, including four long balls and five RBIs. Riley's success has helped the Braves go 4-3 and three over the week as they inch closer to a winning record. Austin Riley is Sports Calls Player of the Week. Austin Riley, the man, Austin 316, Austin Rakes, Austin the man, the just legend, Austin Riley is our player of the week. Read by Austin Scott. Read by Austin Scott. That's a great combination right there. He has been swinging a really hot bat. We've got some monthly predictions updates to give out a little bit later. One involves Mr. Austin Riley, a World Series champion, now on his resume, and uh, he had a great week at the plate for Atlanta. Yeah, he's got the power going, and look, I've been critical of, I feel like, three guys in the lineup the last two, three, four weeks. Tell us. I've been critical of Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, and Adam Duvall. Dandy Swanson's hitting like 260-something now and is not striking out nearly as much. Austin Riley's hitting bombs again. <laughs> we just got to get Adam Duvall. We got to get Adam Duvall, Duvall figured out. Yeah. So uh, Austin uh, has been playing well. He's getting that power stroke back. The Braves have kind of altered the lineup a little bit. They've kind of slid Olsen down into the middle of it and took him out of two and did some things. I still want the Acuna Albies dynamic. I'm going. I'm going to say it until it happens. I want Acuna and Albies. Um, we almost had it last we, week. We were going to have it, and Acuna got scratched. Um, there is no man in the world that cares but, more about uh-huh. the batting order than Ryan Lavoy, and I love him for that. But I will say Dansby, in his few opportunities, is doing a good job at two, and he's been the hot hitter, so I completely understand what Snit is going for. I just think the team chemistry is at its optimum level when Ozzy's hitting second. But anyway, this is supposed to be about Austin Riley. Yes, he is playing good baseball, starting to hit the ball hard. Austin, as some, so many hitters are, hitters are locked in when they're going up the middle in the right, right field, and, and he's starting to hit with some power up the middle. And that's what we love to see from the Braves' third baseman, Austin Riley. The Braves had a big league debut over the weekend. We'll tell you about that and more as Sports Call continues. Alongside Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress, my name is J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. 
And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson alongside Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy. Uh, Kevin Ives will join our show here in 10 minutes to talk about the Auburn baseball team getting set for postseason. They're going to be playing in the Auburn Regional. First time since 2010 that the Tigers are hosting at home in the NCAA tournament. So really fun weekend ahead for Auburn. Told you about our newest player of the week for Sports Call. That is none other than Austin Riley. He is at Austin Riley1308 on Twitter. I'm always con- confused by that Twitter handle from Riley every time the Braves tweet it out. But hey, Austin Riley1308, we want you to keep hitting home runs and maybe you can win more and more Sports Call Player of the Week honors. But Ryan, we saw a debut over the weekend. Michael Harris II, a new outfielder, left hand outfielder for Atlanta gets the call up from double A to play for Atlanta. Yeah, you don't see it too often. Uh, it, it has happened before the, the double A to major league for whatever reason. Uh, some some teams, some some situations circumvent the triple A process and go from double A. But Harris was is a big time prospect for Atlanta. I mean, he's at the very top of the board and he did not spend much time in double a i I think that was maybe more surprising than just the element of being called from double a to the major league i think it's just the fact he hadn't spent much time in double a i want to say only about 40 games of his career or 50 games of his minor league career in double a and so yeah I, i think that is the interesting part of it but the braves are pretty desperate for another outfield option right now because when you look at it you cannot Okay, you just cannot do what I'm about to say. You cannot play Marcelo Zuna in the outfield. You just cannot do it. Now he is hitting okay. The average is a little low, but he's supplied some power, and so you can keep his bat in the lineup as a DH. Marcel, I'm going to sound like Stephen A. Smith. Marcelo Zuna should not be within 300 feet of the outfield. He should not be anywhere near an outfield, okay? And, and so that's that's issue number one. Issue number two is Adam Duvall is just not hitting, period. Um, and, and so you're looking at your outfield, and you were you were using Travis Demerit, and he got off to a really cool start. I, I said cool start. He got off to a hot start, which was really cool to see for a journeyman uh, of the minor leagues like him. And then he went ice cold uh, and went like 0 for 30-something. And the average went from low 300s to low 200s. And so they sent him down to bring Harris up. And so the reality is the Braves can't play Acuna in the outfield every day. Guillermo Heredia can't hit. Adam Duvall's not hitting right now. And Marcel Ozuna can't run or throw. So, so you have an issue with with literally everybody that you're trying to play in the outfield right now, and, and so you need um, 
Michael, I, I, you need to take flyer. And, and the, the decision came down to Michael Harris and Drew Waters. And the issue with Drew Waters is he's been banged up this year at Triple A Gwinnett, and he's not hitting at Triple A Gwinnett right now. I, I think last check he was hitting about 190 oh, no. um, in, in limited time. So I, I know Waters was in theory closer because he was in Triple A, but the reality is Harris was hitting well in Double A, and Waters has not been healthy nor hitting in Triple A. So uh, Harris, I think. Uh, I think he's played three games now and maybe only has one hit or something like that, but, you know, really early. But the Braves have to figure out this outfield thing because it's not like Rosario's coming back next week. Rosario's still got another month or two before he's out. And, again, it's not the fact that the Braves keep beating around two, three, under 500. It's the fact that the Mets aren't anywhere near 500. They are exploding, and the Mets are hitting. And even with Scherzer and DeGrom not pitching, they're still pitching good enough to win. Um, They've been really, really good. And and so unless the Mets start getting a, a plethora of injuries, to their to their lineup, I don't see the Mets come down. Mets are winning at minimum ninety this year, and and they might be closer to a hundred. So, uh, the, the the Braves have to get going if their desire is to win the NL East. I mean, it's got to be soon. And so I I, I think Harris, look, the, the danger you run is that you ruin a guy by bringing him up too early, and that certainly happens in other places. You might even argue it's happened to Christian Pache. Uh, Christian Pache just cannot hit. He's in Oakland right now, and Pache's hitting about 165. And, it, and it's disappointing because he's got such a great attitude with such a big prospect. But he Pache cannot hit for Oakland. And, and so sometimes you bring these guys up too early. And that is something to watch Michael Harris because he did get brought up pretty early. But the Braves have to give something a try because they just can't keep going on the way their outfield is going on because they've got to get days where Ozuna's not in the field. They've still got to respect that, that Ronnie is is still finding some nagging things from day to day. And part of the rehab, you just don't want him in the outfield every single day anyway. Um, but but they're, having to, they're having to piece it together out in the outfield right now. Michael Harris II will start once again for Atlanta a little bit later tonight in the outfield taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. He had a diving catch over the weekend where it looked like on the replay he caught more of the baseball with his bare hand than his glove. I don't know if you guys saw that replay uh, for Michael Harris. Pretty dangerous play, but he was able to make the grab for the Braves, and we'll see if they can find some winning ways here as Atlanta again looks to uh, climb back up in those standings. Saw today our buddy Casey Mize, former Auburn Tiger, has been placed on the 60-day injured list for the Detroit Tigers. That's never fun to see. And then also in Detroit, uh, a pretty big debut coming up a little bit later tonight. Cody Clemens, the son of Roger Clemens, will be in the starting lineup for the Tigers playing second base. So a busy time of year, a lot of baseball news, both collegiately and at the major league level. And we'll see if the Braves can bounce back a little bit later tonight taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, you know who I saw this weekend, um, and I forgot he was in. He was playing baseball, or he Tell was me. in the minors when I was at the Rocket City Trash Pandas game. Tory Hunter Jr. Okay, I forgot that he was in the in the Angels system. Yeah, he, he's playing with Rocket City this week over the weekend. And you're like, wow, I know that name. Yeah, I know that name for it sure. It took me a sec because they said Tory Hunter Jr. and I thought, is it Tory Hunter? I'm like, no, it's his son. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but Roger Clemens' son will be making his Major League Baseball debut a little bit later tonight. It's cool to see uh, kids following their parents' There's so many of footsteps. the kids that are getting in these days, and you're just like, wow. No kid, It means we're getting old as baseball fans. Don't tell me that. It's pretty fun. Don't tell me that. It's pretty fun. Let's take a break. When we come back, Kevin Ives joins us here on Sports Call. the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress on this Tuesday. Again, we hope that everyone enjoyed a three-day weekend. We saw exciting Auburn baseball news take place as we're now counting down the days until the Tigers are back in action at home at Plainsman Park. Let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now, Kevin Ives at AUPPL on Twitter. And uh, Kevin, how good did it feel to see Auburn named as one of the 16 regional hosts? Uh, it was exciting and honestly a little bit surprising. I mean, it, um, I, all, throughout, all throughout the week last week, after Auburn kind of got really messed up with the Scheduling with weather, and they got bounced in the first round of the SEC tournament. I kept watching like D1 baseball and baseball America. You know, every morning they put out their little uh, field of 64, like their predictions or whatever. And I just watch Auburn kind of slip in their predictions from being a national seed to being like an 11, all the way out of the out of the hosting contention. And then uh, Sunday night, they Auburn got the good news that they are. Uh, one of the 16 regional sites for the first time since 2010. So it's huge. I mean, it's a, it's a huge deal for the program. It's a huge deal for the fans. Um, it, it's fantastic. And it just kind of goes to show it, it very much is, uh, it pays, it shows that, that these last couple of games aren't really indicative of the entirety of Auburn's season. I mean, they have wins over, um, a lot of high RPI teams, a lot of, um, series wins over those teams. They played a tough, non-conference schedule and a tough conference schedule the only team um in the uh that was sort of in that discussion for a for a host that played um tennessee in the regular season so it's fantastic it's going to be great we, there's three other great teams that are coming to to the plains um you know historically pretty strong teams and 
it's just going to be fantastic. So then tell me about your emotions, Kevin, that you've got throughout the weekend. Obviously, you're following Auburn baseball every single game, every single pitch. You're as great as it gets when it comes to Auburn baseball coverage and just an Auburn baseball fan. Your emotions, Kevin, throughout the weekend where Auburn is definitely going to host a regional. Projections say they're not. Oh, no, they're not going to host a regional. They're going to go out on the road to ultimately finding out that, yes, in fact, you will be able to occupy that park and deck and, and they'll be playing at Plainsman Park. Walk us through your emotions this weekend. I mean, it was uh, it was optimistic. I really thought a couple weeks ago, even before we started the SEC tournament, that to host, Auburn needed to win three out of their last six SEC regular season games. It wouldn't even matter with the tournament. Well, they did that. They took two from Alabama, got one canceled, and then took one from Kentucky that left us with a 16-14 and 14 record. Um, and we were good, in my opinion. The RPI just wasn't working out in our favor. And so all throughout the week last week, it was just nervousness. I mean, it was just anxiousness. The only thing that was that gave me a little bit of solace was just knowing that Auburn is not a bubble team. And so even if we weren't going to host, it still wouldn't be the end of the world. Auburn is still going to a regional. And even that in and of itself is a huge step forward. Um, and it's just another building block for the program. Because you've got teams like Mississippi State that didn't make a regional this year. Alabama and Kentucky didn't make regionals this year. And so making those regionals consistently are the signs of a good program that's, that's a healthy program. Um, and so come into Sunday, uh, late night, get the announcement. I was actually prepping for Burger Wars stuff that day um, as a test out for this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And when we got the – when they when I – I was refreshing the Twitter feed, and as soon as it came through, I was just ecstatic. I was on cloud nine. And then um, it made looking forward to the hosting show even better because you knew Auburn was going to host, and you now you're just going to see who all is going to come to the plane. That's right, and it'll get started on Friday night. Auburn will play earlier in the day. We'll see UCLA take on Florida State. So first time since 2010 that the Tigers are hosting a regional. First time that Butch Thompson has been the head coach for an Auburn team while they're hosting a regional at Plainsman Park. I mean, he's such a good coach for the Tigers. Year after year after year, he's checking off boxes to sort of add to his resume. What does something like this do uh, for your opinion of Butch Thompson as the head coach? coach of the Tigers or did it your opinion of him shift at all were you already all in on the man I've been all in on Butch for a long time I mean if you hear him talk you want to run through and you're an Auburn fan always you want to run through a brick wall for him I mean he gets it he understands Auburn he understands the limitations of the of you know playing in the state of Alabama um, but he understands just how special the relationships that he's building with these players are the relationships that the fans have mean to the team um, and it just I mean I'm already on cloud I, I think he's we're extremely lucky to have him um, as a head coach and to keep him for a very long time I mean it's I mean we have one of the best coaches in the SEC and it's and it's a lot more of the it's the coaching but it's more the intangibles it's more of the you know he gets he gets it he understands like what baseball means to this area what it means to this university um, what it means in the SEC and he's very, you know, patient, you know, with his players. And he, but he's, he just gets it. He understands. He understands that he wants to leave and build, as he emphasizes, you know, attack legacy vision. And he's, you know, it, it's something that you, you've seen gone through everything that they've done, and they're just adding piece by piece by piece. And you're, it's, I can't speak enough. Like I sometimes get a loss of words just thinking about how great, you know, he is as a coach, and how lucky we have him representing Auburn um, as our as our head coach. 
Kevin, I wanted to take a look at uh, you know some, something that's been struggling for the Tigers the last few uh, few games. Over the last four games against Kentucky, you had the three uh, in the in the series, and you had the one in the SEC tournament. In the three losses there, the Tigers only totaled five total runs in those three losses. And they, of course, they scored six in the in the win of the uh, of the second game of that doubleheader against the the Wildcats. But what did the Tigers need to do going into this regional against teams like UCLA and Florida State to correct that hitting and kind of make sure that you get more contact on the baseball and take take more advantage of some of those runners on base? It's really just situational hitting. I mean, that's the biggest deal. It's, it's hitting um, and executing with runners in scoring position. You kind of saw that a little bit um, in those – I don't remember which Kentucky game it was. But basically, we just couldn't execute a bunt. Um, and we didn't execute a bump properly, and it kind of came back to bite us. And especially against Florida State, um, you have to execute and you have to have you have to be patient because they are very they're a team that strikes a lot of guys out. They're led the ACC in strikeouts. They have a lot of power arms. So if Auburn ends up playing Florida State, you have to be patient um, and you have to kind of work those at bats as long as you can. But it really just comes down to linking up and just Auburn's not going to be a, a team that's going to you know last teams out of the ballpark it's going to be guys we're, it's going to be a snowball offense to where you need guys to get on base move them over bring them in and just the next guy up just that mentality is what Auburn's going to need to do to get the offense clicking again taking a look at the Auburn Tigers as they get set to open up regional play this weekend you talk about the opponents for Auburn going into the weekend and they're going to start the weekend with southeastern Louisiana tell us a little bit about those Lions Kevin I mean, they're pretty good. They played in the in the Southland Conference, and Southland had a funky little tournament that they kind of did. They've basically been a tournament play the last two weekends. So in the Southland, interesting. Um, yeah, so two weekends ago, they played basically a little mini regional in Hammond, Louisiana, and they were one side of the bracket. So it was Southeastern and three other teams, and then McNeese did the same thing um, on the other side of the bracket. And so the winners of both of those kind of uh, met last weekend in a best of three series. And um, Southeastern beat McNeese, who was kind of the favorite to win that conference. They're a really good team. They have a lot of power. They have a guy named Preston Faulkner. He's like 17. He's hit 17 home runs, 343 average um, as an outfielder or an infielder, like utility guy. And he's an absolute beast. Um, the, probably the guy that Auburn will see is the pitcher named Will Kinsler. Um, he's only has a 4-2 and two record, uh, but he already has uh, wins over Georgia. He had a big win over Arkansas early in the season, and he held them to one run um, over six innings. Um, but basically for Southeastern, I mean, that's a team that is, that is hungry and they've been in, a, they've been basically in tournament mode for two straight weekends. Um, and they've faced do or die games. Probably, I think their last four or five games have basically been elimination games that they've played. Um, so they'll be, um, they'll be really tough. I mean, they'll be a, a very gritty team. They're not going to be intimidated by playing over. They play SEC teams all the time. Um, they already have a win over Ole Miss. Like I said, they beat Arkansas played LSU they, they play a really tough schedule um, but it'll be just be it'll just be fun I mean they're Hammond is, is basically I mean it's small town USA they call it Hammond America and they absolutely love that team and love baseball so I expect a good number of their fans to come up Florida State will have a ton of fans that'll that'll drive up um, I'm sure UCLA may have a lot of fans but we'll see but I mean all four teams are in the in the regional that we have are really really exciting teams um, and that's why I'm excited even Friday to go up to the deck early and watch Florida State and UCLA. I mean, that's going to be a huge matchup. Kevin, something I'm always curious about in, in baseball regionals, because they, they function so much differently 
pitching-wise from what softball would. Softball, you, you have two pitchers. You can feel like you make it all the way through the weekend. But in baseball, you have to use these starters and really say that you're not going to be able to use them again uh, over the weekend. And so when you're in Auburn's position and you're trying to make sure you get to Saturday, but you don't want to be, uh, you know, use a bullet that you feel like you don't have to use. Or maybe if you're in the 2-3 game uh, and understanding the the importance of staying out of the loser's bracket like how do you go about it strategy wise do you like to throw your best arms in the first game no matter what to just value getting that win or do you try and try and save one or two of those arms like how how do you manage a pitching staff in a regional i think it's going to depend i mean i think for auburn um, we kind of are lucky in the fact that you know the three weekend guys that we have have been very consistent um, and any one of those can basically be your 1A guy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we let um, either Trace or Mason take that Friday game and then give it to Gonzalez uh, for the Saturday game um, and then try to, you know, finish off into the, um, you know, the winner-take-all game on Sunday. Uh, to me personally, if you, if, you had, if you were a coach and you definitely had a 1-2-3 and three, and you knew that this guy is going to give you a 90% chance to win, the next guy's 80%, the next guy's 70 I pitch that 90% guy on the second game um, because it's going to be – you're still not out of it um, if you lose that first game. But if you lose that second game after you've lost that first game and you're basically facing elimination and there's more that swings on that second game, whether going to the championship or staying alive. And so, I mean, that's how I would personally do it, but there's a lot of factors that go into that and coaches get paid a lot of money to determine that. I think the good news for Auburn is – it's. It, at least for that Friday game, even if it becomes a slugfest, I think our bullpen sets up really, really well. And I think if you look how Auburn has played in series this year and how the bullpen has been playing um, recently, I mean, you have to have faith that even if you have a starter that doesn't go as long as you want him to in a game, you've got a bullpen that you can kind of lean on a little bit. Um, you've got you know great setup guys, some good long-release guys, and a great closer in Berkey. And so... I don't know. It's going to be a toss-up either way, but I would think you kind of go with your best guy on the, on the second day. And, and then, of course, we, we've got to talk about the play of Sonny Deshera as we have all season long. Of course, this with maybe a different element to it because he has had his struggles in the month of May. He's had a few home runs still, but but obviously hitting under 200 for the month so has not been the same for him. Have you noticed anything in his swing? Is it a combination of bad luck and, and a lot of different things? Or just what does he need to do uh, to get it going here in the postseason? It's really nothing that he can do. It's what, what – opposing pitchers are giving him and so he's not getting balls to hit he's either being walked he's being intentionally walked or he's um they kind of pitch around him as best as they can um still unless the game unless the team feels comfortable to pitch to him either they have a lead or they don't or there isn't anybody kind of on base and so because of that you just can't find a rhythm at the i mean if you're a hitter and you go up there and you kind of know that these guys aren't really going to give you anything to hit you're already kind of I mean, you're not. You're going to be frustrated even more because most teams would rather walk Sonny than let him beat them, and that's why you kind of see. I mean, he just hasn't really gotten a chance. And Auburn has tried their best to like move guys around the lineup, give them some protection, so that if you put him on base, that um, you know it's going to you're going to have the team pay. So it really for Sonny to it bust out of the slump, so to speak. I don't, wouldn't necessarily call it a slump, but it's really going to be nothing he can do. It's the guys below him and above him getting on base um, and being consistent that are going to be the best thing because at that point 
you're going to have to pitch to him. He's going to have to get pitches to hit. Um, and so, yeah, you're just going to have to – you can see it in his swing that he's getting frustrated. And he's getting more frustrated the fact that he's just not given a chance to hit. Um, like, they're just really just kind of just pitching around him. And it's kind of – it's a little disheartening. And I can tell – you can tell some of it's that bad. He's getting frustrated with it. Kevin Ives is our guest here on Sports Call today. You could follow him on Twitter at AUPPL. Last night was wonderful for me, Kevin, because I got, once again, another opportunity to go to your page, and here I see a wonderful visual layout of the regionals taking place, jerseys from every single team. I don't want to speak for you, but I would have to assume that's one of your favorite projects that you do every year. No, it really is. I mean, it's great. It's, I mean... It's a neat little. I mean, I think it's a neat little hobby. It is, and just, a good layout to see all the matchups. And it's just kind of something that I enjoy doing. I've been doing it for a couple of years, and it's just kind of grown. So, um, I mean, it's super dorky, but I love it. Well, I would imagine when you're doing that, when you're taking time to put these jerseys together, it's one way for you to kind of look at the tournament as a whole, region by region, when you're putting these jerseys together. So, with that in mind, you look at the tournament. We've talked enough about the Auburn Regional. Give me two or three regionals that really pique your interest this weekend. I mean, there's a couple. You know, Auburn is matched up with Oregon State uh, in the Corvallis Regional, and they get they get to play Vandy, um, and so it's uh, it's. A lot of people were kind of surprised by that, that Vanderbilt is traveling to Corvallis to play in a regional, that traveling that far in two teams that are um, have a huge national you know, prominence. Um, so those will be some good matchups. I, there really isn't a bad group in any of them. Um, you know, I was kind of looking over most of the list. Some of them are just kind of they – they're fun historic matchups to start off with. Um, Ole Miss that play in Miami, they'll open up in Arizona. I mean, that's a huge one. I would think the one that I would most like to watch, if, if Auburn was not in it and I had to choose one, um, the one that I would probably watch would probably be Florida. Because you have a Central Michigan team that nobody really pays attention to. They just dominate the MAC. Um, they've got 40 wins as, an, as, an, as a four seed, which is kind of unheard of. Right. They have a really strong Liberty squad in there, and even Oklahoma team that feels like they got snubbed at a hosting regional. Um, and so, that's, I mean, that's going to be a – those are any one of those four teams can win that regional pretty easily, um, and so that, I think that's going to be a really neat one to watch. And then, I mean, outside of that, I mean, there's there's really not a bad one in any, any of the groups. Um, I was pulling it up real quick just to kind of double check and look at, at some of them. But yeah, the Florida and Miami ones, you know, they get to play because they've got some weather down in the Gulf that may kind of interrupt that. But um, I think those are two to just keep keep an eye on just as a fan. We're looking forward to it. It's the best time of year of the college baseball tournament gets started this upcoming weekend. Kevin, as always, we really do appreciate the time and looking forward to talking to you soon, okay? Thank you, guys. All right. That's our buddy Kevin Imes joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn baseball taking on southeastern Louisiana. You, of course, can go to the game, find some tickets, go to the parking deck, hang out with Kevin, or... You could also do this as well, but make sure you're listening to the broadcast. FM Talk 93.9, Andy Birch and Brad Law are going to have your play-by-play commentary for Auburn baseball. Let's take a commercial break. We're back in a moment here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? 
I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, J.J. Ryan and Brooks inside our studios. Hope you're doing well on this Tuesday. Greatly appreciate Kevin Ives for joining us there. Let's talk about the NCAA tournament coming up. We've got a monthly predictions update to give you a little bit later. Best and worst of the weekend on this Tuesday. Typically on Tuesdays, our good friend Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer stops by to visit with us or we chat with him on the phone. As we discussed last week, we knew that this would be an off week from conversations with our buddy Jay Ferk. So looking forward to reuniting with him next week. But uh, that's why we're able to have a little chat with Kevin Ives a moment ago about this baseball tournament. People in Hammond, Louisiana love their baseball. Lions crowd potentially coming to Plainsman Park. And uh, I did like the question about Sonny Deshera and sort of the way he's tailed off here. And like Kevin Ives was saying, there's got to be some level of frustration if you're somebody like Deshera because, quite simply, you're not getting a whole lot of good pitches to hit anymore because every other opposition is absolutely terrified of you and what you could do with one swing of the bat. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think that – I guess my, my question is – and not getting to see Sonny play every single time, you know, when he is swinging the bat, what kind of pitch is he swinging at? You know, is he is he reaching out of the zone to try and do too much? You know, because you are um, you're pressing a little bit because you're aware of, of how people are pitching you. Can you accept those walks and and then be patient and capitalize on the mistakes? Because I, I talk about this in basketball sometimes when you play in the game of basketball, really good defensive team, and you finally get an open shot, that open shot, and this is going to sound crazy, is not as easy of a shot as other open shots because you had to work so hard to get it and you valued that opportunity so much that you put more pressure on that shot because it's the one shot you finally got open. And in baseball, when you're being walked and you're seeing all these breaking balls and all these pitches that you that are not your forte, when you finally see that one fastball that catches a lot of the plate, that fastball is different than all the other fastballs because you have been so focused on waiting out for your pitch and, and you have had to fight off and battle so many curveballs that when you finally get that pitch that you like to see yes sir you try to do too much with it oh i've got to take advantage of this is the first fastball i've seen in four at bats this has got to be the home run and and you try too hard with it and 
the players that can remove that out of the equation. And I'm not saying I'm not criticizing something because again, I, I have not seen every at bat, and it, it is something that's very difficult to do because it happens in pro basketball all the time, and it happens in, in pro sports all the time. We're talking about a college player here at the end of the day, but it is so hard to keep stay within yourself and and take the proper swing or the proper shot when you finally have uh, an opportunity after not having one in a while. That's why guys go in these long – we were talking about Travis DeMere earlier for the Braves and go 0 for 30-something. It is so hard when you're in a rut like that or you're seeing pitches that you don't like to just stay within yourself when you get the pitch that you are ready for and that you do want to see and not try and hit it 500. I know Sonny Sherrick can hit 500 feet. I know he can. And he did it once in Hoover in the SEC tournament. But as I said, he's hit a few home runs this month. The issue has been hitting balls to the opposite field, getting those base hits. Again, he's hit four or five homers. He's hitting under 200, though, and he's a 370 hitter overall. He's hitting over 400 before the month started. So I think that's the biggest thing for Sonny is be patient, understand, yeah, there's not going to be many pitches I like. But when I do get a pitch I like, I don't have to hit it 450 feet. Right. I just need to put a good level swing on the ball, and some of them will still be homers, but also I'll still get on base more. I'll get that that batting average driving back up because I'll just be putting good, solid swings on the pitches I want to hit. That's right. And, you know, it's – it, it it's can be it's very frustrating it can be frustrating something else though is on asked uh, kevin ives about it a little bit there in that interview is sunny to share struggling you the other bats have to pick it up too and that's i think that's been part of the, the struggles that auburn's had at the plate in the past few weeks is yes sunny to is not getting stuff to, to, to hit and we've seen that evolve a little bit but some of the other bats aren't picking it up really they're, they're not some of the you you saw like i said i highlighted it in the four games against kentucky in the three games they lost they scored a combined five runs two of those they only scored one run that was the sec tournament game in the very first game against kentucky on that friday and the other bats just aren't coming alive there they've got to step up there because pitchers are getting you know when you go through it when you've got a good hitter pitchers are going to get film on it on that hitter and they're going to learn how to pitch to him that's what we've seen going through conference play here toward the end of conference play with Sonny Deshier they're not like you guys have said not giving them a lot to hit they're they're giving them they don't want Sonny Deshier to beat you well the other bats have to step up and beat you there there's been some struggles at the plate that's one thing Auburn's got to fix going in here I know we've talked a lot in the recent weeks about Auburn's pitching the Auburn's pitching struggles guys getting hurt coming back having to work their way back in but the bats have to be be there to pick them up. You've got to have guys hitting the ball consistently. You've got to be taking advantage of uh, runners in scoring position. The other day, it was uh, the Kentucky game in the SEC tournament. Auburn was 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. 0 for 9. That's not great. Um, you scored one run out of that, and that was the Sunday to share a solo shot. And so you this tournament, uh, this this regional, you're going to have to swing the bat consistently. You're going to have to swing the bat with a, a lot of aggressiveness and you're going to have to when you get into those runners and scoring position situations you're going to have to bat some guys in and not just rely on Sonny Deshera. 334-887-3401 give us a call we want to hear from you Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Sports Call AU let's shift gears for a moment let's close out the hour a fun little headline that I came across earlier today announced earlier today here on May 31st 2022 Justin Thomas John Rom to star in Nickelodeon golf broadcast did you guys see this no 
This is crazy. Nickelodeon's doing a golf broadcast. The Children's Broadcast Network released the lineup for the first ever Slime Cup, and the names attached to the tournament represent a wide sloth of celebrities from inside the golf world and well beyond. Justin Thomas, Lexi Thompson, John Rahm, and Colin Morikawa will be among the golf superstars involved, heading up each of four teams that will compete in interactive, augmented reality broadcast. Among the other celebrity competitors, Terry Crews, Saquon Barkley, Justin Herbert, and WWE competitor Nikki Bella. At Riviera in February, Nickelodeon first began filming pros for their contributions to a child-facing broadcast, which is meant to serve as an introduction for the game of golf to younger audiences. We saw this with the NFL with some playoff broadcasts on Nickelodeon, but uh, golf coming to Nickelodeon. Golf, the way you said that. Um and you said John Rahm and... Colin Morikawa, Colin. Justin Thomas. Okay. And then from the women's side, Lexi Thompson. I don't... You just, so, hmm. I don't want... I don't... I don't hate the idea. The issue with golf is, if we're being 100% honest, not everyone can play the game. It's an expensive game to play. Yeah. Um, also, it's like... I don't play as much as I want to because of money. It's like Nickelodeon. You know, like you said, they did the NFL stuff. Uh-huh. A lot more kids know NFL players than they know golfers. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and again, golf is not something that, that is as round. Like, I can play a form of football in a parking lot. Yeah. And if, if I just have a football, I can throw it to you. I can do some things about football anywhere. I guess you could play mini golf and putt-putt, which is just so infinitely far from what golf actually is. But I can't just hit a seven iron in the parking lot, you know? <laughs> like, 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 unless I'm in, like, an Iowa high school and there's 5,000 5, rows of corn behind us, I can't hit a seven iron after school just for the heck of it. Um, and, and again, you know, to be... I'm not going to say you have to be good at golf because we're just we're just talking about kids playing here, but these kids sets of golf clubs still cost a few hundred dollars, and uh, you know even just to play on a terrible course is still like twenty thirty dollars. Now it's cheaper for kids, um, but if I, I, again I I don't mind trying to grow the game because you do need to find ways of growing the game, but. Golf is always going to have a few more limitations than other sports. Uh, you know, one of the uh, a positive to it is, is it is an individual sport. You don't have to have a ton of people go play it with you. You don't have to get the boys together to go play. You can play by yourself. I play by myself infinite amount of rounds. Sure. Um, but there's just some financial difficulty. I mean, it just the way it is. It's just more expensive to play that sport than it is to play probably any other sport. The more you hear the press release, the more it's going to turn you off, but I'm going to continue oh, no. here. No. So uh, the broadcast will be heavily altered by augmented reality technology, bringing the golf course to life with graphics and call-outs to other Nickelodeon programming. They're trying to, quote, nickify their golf course, and uh, the final round will be held at the Rose Bowl stadium noah eagle will handle the play-by-play our buddy ah yes as a matter of fact when you do make a putt slime does come (laughs) out of the hole 
So they did some fun things with football, and it did work out. And now they're going to try to uh, do this with the Slime Cup. The Slime Cup, excuse me, uh, that will premiere on Saturday, June twenty fifth. I don't mind the at eight p.m. Eastern. Well, is that something I'm gonna watch? No, but I, it's worth a shot because golf is labeled as a, for a lot of people is boring. So if you get kids to see all these Nickelodeon elements to it. Maybe they'll get a little intrigued by it. So I, I don't hate the attempt. It's not something I'm going to partake in. But, you know, again, golf is a game that um, is harder to play for young people and not as many people play it when they're young. A lot more people play it when they're older, when they have their own incomes and they, they make more money. I mean, it's a popular business outing for people. And, you know, people. You, it's something you can play till you're 80. But it's just for families you know you got to have the money to give to your kids when they're 10 or 12 to be able to play and not everybody can do that and um it's a slow game and like i said some people find it boring so it has its barriers but why not try and break some of those with with a nick nickelodeon version of golf I, why not the slime cup coming to nickelodeon four teams justin thomas john rom colin morikawa lexi thompson and brooks the final hole will be where players battle it out to win the slime cup a nick orange blazer and the epic honor of getting slimed is how the press release ends I, I just go back to the. To, it was e- I think it was easier to do with the NFL because more kids know NFL players, and I you know I guess that's why you're bringing in some of the NFL players, some of the NFL players into this. But I just don't know how many kids know professional golfers out there. I don't know like if I walked into a, a elementary school, would it just would I and I asked, hey, do you know who Justin Thomas is? And they're like, no. Like, I just want to know how many kids would say would know who that's these players point. are. If I said, hey, do you know who Saquon Barkley is? I think a, a good amount of you know kids 10 10 to 8 years old are gonna know what they're what uh who saquon barkley is or who justin herbert is yeah but maybe this will help maybe and that's what that's what the the goal of doing this is i know that you guys have been alluding to saquon barkley is going to be on the broadcast that's uh, that's why you bring in some nfl guys because justin herbert people know terry cruz i want to see the full roster of people that are going to be in the mix for this and a wwe superstar Again, I'm not watching it. So. But also, yeah, yeah. To, to, to Ryan's point, it is to help grow the, you know, try to help do anything to help grow the game. I want to know what percentage of kids are going to see it, be like, that's cool, go out there and be like, let's play golf. And then it's just nothing like what that, they saw on Nickelodeon. Right. And that's another thing is that golf has so many intricacies about it. It's really damn near impossible to pick it up immediately and be, just be good. Because there's too many different things you have to master. Like, yeah, someone might be able to go hit a driver, you know, the biggest headed club a long way, but can you hit it straight? No. And then can you get that short iron or that pitching wedge and can no. you get it to spin? Mm-mm. Can you can you make a 30-foot putt? Nope. Can you get out of a bunker? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking to you personally. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but but I'm just saying like there's so many elements to the game like even if even if you are an incredible like putting and driving might be some of the easier things to at least be base decent at because if you just hit the ball solid you can hit it a long way and anyone can pick up a putter and practice a little bit putting. Um, but again there's so many intricacies like can you flight the ball lower? Like I'm just saying if you're trying to be really good, if you're trying to shoot in the 70s or 80s, can you flight the ball lower when it's windy you know can can you take five or seven yards off your iron 
Can, can, I, you know, can you work the ball both left to right and right to left? Outro music. What'd you think of Akeem Hicks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Solid. Upgrade from Sue. I was looking up the numbers. Um, and, and, I didn't think he'd be ready to and, go and for Dominican this. And ranked in the 50s <laughs> last year by Pro Football Focus. Uh, Hicks ranked 20 or 15, something like that. And so Hicks, if he stays healthy, he's missed some games the last three years, but if he stays healthy, he'll he'll put up better production than... than go Bucks. Two. Go Bucks. All okay. right. Uh, that takes us to the end of the second hour of our program. One hour left to go. We've got Best and Worst of the Weekend, monthly predictions, updates, and more. Alongside Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson with Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy. How are you, Brooks? I'm doing good. Two yeah. hours are done. We're rolling. We are moving right along. This is not how hour three usually starts. That's how hour number one uh, usually starts. I'd just like to check in and, and see if... JJ, had a good weekend. JJ, you still doing all right? <laughs> My mood hasn't changed much over the past two hours, which Did is always a good thing. Did anyone ask you about your weekend? Is your week Was your weekend good? Thank you for asking. It was a phenomenal weekend. Uh, no one asked me earlier. Did anybody ask that? Just pointing at me. Well... The thing is, he didn't have to ask because I decided for the. I don't typically do this, uh-huh. but today I did just dive right into how I was doing, and how my weekend was, good, unprompted. So I kind of did that for myself. Good. Felt like I earned the I was right not, to do self-care that. Self care is good. As you were self-care aware, I was not really quite good. in the room right for the first ten minutes of the show or so. But we're all here now. Can we argue that there's too many SpongeBob references in sports these days? <laughs> Do you feel that way? Eh, sometimes. Nickelodeon, oh, Sun yeah. Cup. Right. We were talking about that. Right, we were. So here we go. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? Is SpongeBob to Nickelodeon as LeBron to the 07 Cavs was? <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Um, is see, is SpongeBob the MVP of Nickelodeon? It's our daily show recap. We tell you what's been happening throughout the show every single day or all uh, all day, every day, the, uh, 365. Did you break? <laughs> Um, all right, I'll continue on with the uh, Tuesday edition with Brooks here. 
I don't know what happened there. All right. So on the Daily Show recap today, we've talked to Kevin Ives I know already. We were off yesterday. I know. I got to figure out how to do this again. Uh, and uh, talked about the Auburn baseball team. They're going to host a regional. We saw a headline that Nickelodeon is going to have their first ever slime cup in the world of golf, which is a lot of fun. Which prompted that funny question from Ryan. SpongeBob does carry the weight for Nickelodeon. I feel like it. Does, I, you know, yeah. last week we had. Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South on our show. I mentioned listening to a little bit of Packer and Durham today, who did talk to Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball, then went into a conversation with the head coach of the University of North Carolina women's lacrosse team, who went 22-0 and and won a national championship over the weekend, which led directly into an interview with John Shire, the head coach of Duke uh, Basketball, which is very impressive back-to-back-to-back, lining uh, up those guests on your show. Additionally, what I listened to was... Saturday Now South's podcast with Connor O'Gara, Full Circle, uh, where he interviewed Noah Eagle, the show that released today. I would recommend that conversation. Noah is awesome, and he asked him specifically about the preparation for those games on Nickelodeon. I did not know that later today I would see a press release where now Noah Eagle is going to do some golf for Nickelodeon. But he talked about going into those playoff games. He had 50 Nickelodeon references because that's what they were trying to promote and only got to like two or three of them in the broadcasts. The rest of them came up kind of naturally. A good number of them did go to Hey Arnold because he's got a football-shaped head Mm. and in a playoff game it kind of felt that way. But the majority of his content was going towards SpongeBob. And so... Yes. But the kids nowadays know Hey Arnold. That's, That's the problem. A, he, he tried to go to all the genres of the shows and did try to get more updated uh, with current Nickelodeon shows that we don't know what they are. But um, I do feel like SpongeBob carried the weight for the network and LeBron James carried the 07 Cavs. So I think that's a great comparison. But That's good. I like how we've started this hour. J.J., Correct me if I'm wrong, but we've talked on the show before, but you didn't watch SpongeBob as a kid, correct? Uh, correct. So, do you do you think that there's too many SpongeBob references in sports that you don't get the references for? How this could was he a, know if there's too many if he doesn't understand the This was a conversation I had this weekend at the uh, at the Trash Pandas foot, uh, baseball game, football game, the baseball game, is I sat with a guy that never watched SpongeBob growing up, and we had this conversation over the weekend was there were too many SpongeBob references in sports. Yeah, maybe there is. Maybe there is. I don't. I don't know. I I'd have know to sit there and think about. It. Like, if you, not not necessarily. Uh, let me rephrase. In live sports, like at, at baseball games, you know, you have like all the funny sound effects and everything that go True. off when you have like a foul ball or something, or you have like video board things. There was too many SpongeBob references. I like that. Also, was very too many SpongeBob references for a team, uh, the Trash Pandas, that's not near any water. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't notice many SpongeBob references, but that's we'll we'll start being on the lookout I mean, for them. How about that? They, I mean, when I go to a lot of games, I hear he looks puzzled right now, and he sounds puzzled. <laughs> but the thing is, he I, yeah, brought, I, he brought SpongeBob up. Well, you first mentioned yeah, SpongeBob. but not in references to sports. I I just was making an analogy because we'd been talking about Nickelodeon. Yeah, and I feel like. SpongeBob was by far the best show on Nickelodeon. I think mo- most people love SpongeBob. There's other shows that people liked, but 
you know, and then that would be a good poll question is what's the best Nickelodeon show? I, yeah, I think I the think, most. I don't watch as much Nickelodeon. I think the most but, popular would be SpongeBob, but what is the actual best? Because I can make the argument iCarly was great. It was great. Drake and Josh was amazing. Drake and Josh. Watch some of that over the weekend. We had a Nickelodeon thing going on over the weekend, apparently. I like that. I like that. Oh. Um, all right. So also happening this week, we've got the spring meetings and Destin as a lot of uh, coaches and athletic directors are meeting to discuss plans, uh, scheduling models, things of that sort. And Nick Saban is at the podium. This is from the Feinbaum show. I didn't say anybody did anything wrong. Okay, and I've said everything I'm going to say about this, but, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I guess the point, and I should have n- never mentioned any individual institutions, I said that before, but, you know, some kind of uniform uh, name, image, and likeness, you know, standard um, that supports some kind of e- equitable uh, national competition. Uh, I think is really, really important in college athletics and college football. And we've always had that, you know, whether it's equal scholarships, equal Austin money, you know, whatever it might be. And um, so that's kind of point one. You know, point two is we need some kind of transparency in name, image, and likeness deals, you know, to verify that, um, you know, players are doing what they need to do to uh, have the opportunity to, you know, make money in name, image, and likeness. And believe me, I'm all for players making as much as they can make, okay? Um, but I also think that, you know, we've got to have some uniform, transparent way to do that. Nick Saban at spring meetings a little bit earlier today, obviously the first part of that is what uh, people are running away with. The quote from Saban, I never said that anybody did anything wrong and uh, it has created a two-week discussion across sports talk in the southeast which has been amazing for this time of year but i mean these are just big conversations that are having to be had and i think it's it's nothing that we haven't said already on this show before but further proves the point that uh, there really does need to be more clarity across the sport for things like name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, and just where the trajectory of college football is going. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've gone pretty much – I mean, we've, we've, done, we've said a lot about it. I, I don't know what else – I was glad to just get new sound from Sam. I mean, just updated things because it does feel like we've been recycled a lot over the past couple of weeks. And, I mean, this, this is the response we expected. He apologized the day after – and said he shouldn't have singled somebody out. He said again there, you know, he wasn't wrong in, in what he said about way and was doing because I mean they are they were, they're clearly spending a lot of money there. But also we discussed that you know Alabama's not one to talk. So you know it, it's I, I'm personally getting bored with it. Um, it it. Uh, it was a thing there, and I'm sure everybody will hype up the Alabama A&M game. Alabama beat him by 20. <laughs> and, you know, Jimbo go 9-3 again. Yay. You know, I mean, like, I just, I, I don't, I, I I don't know. I, I'm about about done there. It's just, there's nothing more to discuss there. I feel with, with, with Jimbo and Nick, the NIL stuff is still going to be talked about throughout the summer until someone sets some rules about it. Um, 
and we'll, we'll have to figure out what they want to do there. But the the NIL stuff is is still going to be still going to be chaotic, and there's no rules right now. I think I, I agree with what everything you just said, Ryan. There's not much more you can say about it till something does change, and you can talk about the changes a little bit more. I do agree uh, that there probably should be a a system or something that does you know like a checks and balances system that makes sure that these players are you know getting money for appearing you know uh, using their name image and likeness and just not companies run by boosters saying hey we're here's uh two hundred thousand dollars or whatever and you know come play here it there should they're probably and I'm, I'm sure there's something written in somewhere that they they do check that but it it just I, th- I think that would be a really positive thing is that you met and make sure that there is a someone going through and checking all the name image and likeness deals and saying hey this is you know this is legit this is legit this is legit that's not legit this needs to stop right now and until that happens i don't know what what else you you can do with the name image and likeness thing i think the uh the nick saban uh Jimbo Fisher thing, you know, you're going to get the the run here at uh, the spring meetings with some of the reporters asking questions down there. You're going to get it's going to cool off a bit. You're going to get some more run at SEC media days when different reporters get to ask the same questions. And then, like Ryan said, you're going to get that S, uh, the Alabama A&M game hyped up here coming into when we get to the football season. And then more than likely, Alabama wins that game by a decent amount of margin. Maybe maybe Jimbo Fisher comes in and gets a. It pulls another upset win, but this year, you know, it's in uh, Tuscaloosa, so it's going to be a lot harder for Texas A&M to get a win this year than it was last year, and so it's just, it's going to play itself out, and then we'll see, you know, we'll go on to our next talking point. Brian Harson has yet to meet with the media there at the SEC Spring Meetings. When he does, we'll have some updates for you, of course, if anything notable is said. Kirby Smart earlier today asked about Jimbo versus Saban. Quote, my phone started blowing up right when Jimbo hit the press conference, and I had and thought about it a day since because in the world that we operate in you're worried about what's in front of you right now end quote and later Kirby Smart says you should hear Nick Saban on headset I would imagine that's probably intense during a game when uh, Coach Saban's it looks intense. Yeah, it does. It very much so does. I would love to see that stuff, though. As, as the football fan, we talk about bringing viewers into a sport like golf. Imagine bringing viewers into a sport like football to be able to hear some of those communications that take place. Well, you know, we for years, everyone said, I'd like to hear, you know, when, uh, when umpires and uh – managers get into those shouting matches you'd love to hear some of that and then they mic'd up one of the umpires a few years ago and uh who was it it was the mets uh man terry pendleton was was he the terry collins terry collins was the mets manager and he went after that umpire and it came up to the umpire and you could hear him just <laughs> yelling obscenity after obscenity and it was it was not for the faint of heart but it was it was good content you know you, you really want more of that and, you know baseball started miking up players and when they're playing uh infield and outfield and you hear them you know just talking and chatting with the uh, with the players that get on base in front of them, and it's fun. It, it's a really fun thing. I don't think you'd ever get to the point which would which is unfortunate where you could hear some of those conversations with football coaches on the on the headset. But I think I agree. I think it'd be really really fun to hear some of those hear hear at least one of those Saban tirades after their after his uh, defense gives up a first down or something. I have a quote I want to read to you guys um, in, in just a moment. And it might be this moment if I can't think of the, the line of thinking I was just thinking about, which I feel like I forgot because of this tweet that I just read in this quote. 
Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, okay. um, <laughs> uh, James Crapia, who, of course, formerly covered Auburn, now works for uh, what, the Oregonian, the Oregonian. Yep. In, in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Covers Oregon. Went to the spring meetings. Great flex, by the way. We talked about this off air. Great, <laughs> great flex to yeah. uh, go to Destin for work, in air quotes. But a quote from Kirby Smart, Bo Nix, probably one of the best athletes I've ever seen at quarterback. End quote. And going to face him again. Do you think he would have said that if he were still at Auburn? That's a great question. That is a great question. Uh, That is a great question. Yeah, just from the standpoint of Auburn is a rival and Oregon is a big game, but it's not a rival. Uh, Also, we know well-documented Kirby had no positive feelings at ever towards Gus. So (laughs) while Bo and Gus were here, he was – I don't think I'm talk up too much, but no. plus, plus he's you know one of his former assistants now the head coach at Georgia, so he's got a little. I think he's you know Dan Lanning, got more yeah. respect with Dan Lanning being there. He's like, well, he's a great quarterback. He's, he's got some great guys out there. Yeah, so I'm talking about Dan Lanning at GA in 2015 at Alabama, and seven years later the head coach of Oregon at the Power Five level. That's a pretty quick rise in the biz. Uh, that's big time. Big time what he was able to do there. 334-887-3401 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. All right, we mentioned this at the top of the show. Let's give you a monthly predictions update. Are you looking for a sure bet at what's going to happen this month? Well, then don't listen to these guys. It's Sports Call's Monthly Predictions. Tomorrow is June 1st, so we will have new monthly predictions coming your way. But here we are. We're getting set for the end of may and taking a look at some of the predictions that we had who would be the eastern and western conference representatives for the nba finals we know now that it's going to be a warriors and celtics nba finals brooks yeah that's right uh it it should be you know shaping up to be a really really fun series you've got a, a team like golden state who can and when they're on they can score with anybody and anybody you know they, they're one of the the top offensive teams in the league and they're playing you know sneaky good defense too they're they're a team that you don't really think about that's a really great defensive team but they are a pretty good defensive team on the other side of things you've got boston who's fought their way through two game sevens to get here and they are they are a really good defensive team too and so it's going to be really really fun this series um you've obviously it is golden state's got home court Yes. yes. And so it, it's going to be really, really fun uh, this coming series. And I, I can't wait to watch. You know, I, I say, as a sports fan that has no rooting interest in, in, the, in the games, I hope it goes to game seven. But for local Golden State fans that could be seated close to me, I hope it doesn't go seven games because I don't know if the nerves could take it. Because you care about their well being? Yes. That's very polite of you, Brooks. I try. I try to be. Um, did you think that we would have this matchup, Brooks? No, well, since I said the Bucks and the Suns, no. That's what I was trying no. to pull up and see. Yeah, you did. You did not. No, I, I did not think it was going to be either of these. I thought the Bucks were going to get here. I thought Giannis could have carried them, and I thought the Suns, you know, the best record in the NBA, could have made it a little bit farther than they did. But they ran into Luca. For our May monthly predictions, only three people correctly predicted the matchup in the NBA Finals. Again, we had to do this before May 1st. And those three individuals, J.J. Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, all got points for the correct 
prediction. We told you about Sonny DeShera and what he had done in the month of May, and Tom uh, gets the point for having the closest guess for his batting average. DeShera finished 154. Tom said 240. No one was close on this, but we know how this game goes. Sometimes all you got to do is have the, the close guess, and you walk away with that one. Nobody predicted that Rich Strike would win the Kentucky Derby. Preakness, was that this past week? Was this it was two weeks ago? Two weeks ago at and this so, point. So we're next Belmont weekend, is, not this coming weekend, but the next weekend is going to be Belmont. Okay. Father's but Day weekend. We're not going to have Father's Day weekend. So two think, weekends away. No, you're right. Next it is week, next weekend. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. I was getting that. It's mixed Poker up. Run. Yeah. Sign up for Poker yeah, Run, poker by the run way. The Tiger.fm, you could do that. Okay. Because it's two we- It's Kentucky Derby, two weeks, Preakness, and then three weeks after the Preakness. We've got a change in the leader and which player will hit the most home runs for the Atlanta Braves in the month of May. And it goes simultaneously with the player of the week, Austin Riley. Big weekend. He has now hit six homers in May, as has Marcel Ozuna with one game left. Wow. So we will see who walks away with the most homers. We do also, so I should add... So everyone that guessed either one of those will get the correct, uh, point to tie? Correct. Uh, Contreras and Dansby Swanson have five. So should those guys, Homer and Ozuna or Riley, not... Man. Then you know you've got a big tie there. If someone has a big homer game I tonight, had a Cunha against, and he missed half the month, so missed that one. Yeah, I, I, I love seeing Acuna back in the lineup. I want him yeah. to get back to hitting home runs. His home runs remain my favorite, right? Of all the home runs, I They're would say usually his. very long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember who I had uh, for that. Quite, I actually think I had Austin Riley um, last place on the season. Here in our 2022 monthly prediction, so it would be awesome if I did have Austin Riley and was able to pick up a point here because your boy has struggled, and I did indeed have Austin Riley. Uh, nobody had Marcel Ozuna. Several people had Riley, and a couple of people had Acuna. And then there's Brooks Childress who had Austin Riley. Good job. Hey, look at Good that. job, Brooks. I like Just it. Try to throw me under the bus with some random person. Oh, Austin Riley. And then there's Brooks with Travis Darno <laughs> or or <laughs> Alex you, Dickerson. Would you put it past him? Uh, nah. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, who's going to win the NASCAR? Well, yeah, no. With with the Braves, yes, I would put it past him. Is that? Yeah, that's yeah. the correct terminology there. He's going to pick smart Braves things. Okay. Most Just some time. things are off the wall. That could have gone Alex Dickerson. Yeah, um, that would have been bad. Our Coca-Cola 600 picks. Do you remember who you picked? Uh, I think I picked Chase Elliott. Correct. Do you remember who you picked? Joey Logano. I was thinking about Logano towards the end of the 600 because he, he was up there. Late, yeah. He was up there. Uh, Denny Hamlin won. Nobody's yeah, going to get that someone point. else I absolutely hate won. So. <laughs> that's why I picked I picked Chase Elliott, and that's why I picked him to finish. Uh, his best finish would have been first because I'm like, oh, he's going to win the Coke 600. I'm so long to pick it. Or you could have hedged bets. Yeah, I could but, have. But uh, you double, you double down. I doubled down yeah. on that one prediction. I got half of it correct. <laughs> I got neither. <laughs> How's that sound? Erickson won the Indy 500, yeah. and uh, nobody had that prediction. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Indy 500 is always a little more <coughs> difficult because it's such a big race, and so some of these guys don't even run full-time in the IndyCar series, but they'll run that race. Some of the great names. And so, like, Kanan finished third. I'm pretty sure Tony Kanan doesn't run a full schedule anymore. Jimmy Johnson had a tough race, but in practice, he was one of the fastest in practice. And then he didn't qualify well and never moved up. But, you know, just to have that kind of speed uh, w- w- was a surprise. So, uh, Indy 500 is a little 
a little more difficult to predict, I feel like. Marcus Erickson, I went back to look at what we were predicting before the month even started. Going into the month of May, he had the 12th best odds yeah. to win the Indy 500. But I think he's like second in points this year or something like that. So I, he's had a pretty good season. I, I, just, I guess he just not had oval success like that before. Uh, and then, you know, we've got some goals being scored a lot by the Edmonton Oilers, which no one is predicting, and they're going to play the Avalanche tonight. Had a couple of people that pick the Avs. I'm going to say, um, if, if they can score a 9 to nothing tonight, nine to nothing, they can tie it up. We're going to be in some business. We're going to be in some business yeah. if I'm that can happen. I'm going to break the news that that will not happen. <laughs> you don't think it's going to happen? 9 to nothing? You never yeah, know. you to have the Avalanche win 9 to nothing to tie it up. I don't know. Does Edmonton play five, three on five <laughs> the whole game? I'm the only person that picked the uh, Avalanche. Everyone else had Panthers, Lightning, Maple Leafs, and none of those are – they're all mathematically out. Yeah. Hey, at least one month. of those three that you just said still playing. At least no one picked the Predators, or did they? No. Oh, good. But I, but I picked the Avs. They're, they're about to play game one of the West, but they need to uh, – Nine goals. Need nine goals. Win by nine. Or they can win 12 to three and more unrealistic scoring. No. Yeah. True. Yeah, that's not – yeah. That's a win, fun score. Win by nine. All you have to do. Nice, fun football score there. That's a fun score. 12 How about to 19 to 16? I mean, wow. well, the math there is not fluent, but it, <laughs> if a hockey game really did finish nineteen to sixteen, I would sure hope everyone was there. To watch. If the hockey game, if the hockey game finishes nineteen to sixteen, all goalkeepers should be fired on yeah. the spot. Oh man, I think it was just empty net the whole game at that point. <laughs> man, well, that is a look at our May monthly predictions. I'm going to be excited once those go final to really total it up and see how the standings shift because uh, now, that's always something I love to look I at. Make sure that, hopefully I make a push. That update you, you sent earlier this afternoon, yes, that sir. did include Austin Riley's home run from last night, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes, it did. All right. I was just making sure. Yep. We're up to speed there because he did homer last night. He did. Night. One, of the two, one of the two home runs did in that anyone, game. So no one picked Azuna. So not only do Braves fans in general not really like him that much, if he were to hit this home run and pass Riley, no one would get that point, and I think people would be mad as well. He's on it. He doesn't like fun things sometimes. <laughs> no, well, no, that that's fun to yeah. me because I don't I don't dislike Azuna, but it'd be hilarious if no one got a point. True. I didn't pick Riley, so true. Y'all can all suffer. I don't. Care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's coming from the man who dominates monthly predictions from time to time. But Javon Cutler, our reigning champ, tied for our right. You guys shared the title, correct? Yeah, we did. Okay. I caught I was down, and I had like a yeah. tremendous He's still making month. predictions with us. Good. Texted with him a little bit yesterday. Good. So, all right, we're back with the Best of Works of the Weekend after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
Final few moments of Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. Tiger 95.9 FM, JJ Jackson hanging out with my buddies Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. We playing basketball this week? Um, Golden State Warriors are. Yeah, I was about to say. Tonight would have been the night for that. I'll just I'll, inside baseball again. Wednesday night, I am watching my Tampa Bay Lightning. Thursday night, I am watching my Golden State Warriors. Friday night, I am watching my Tampa Bay Lightning and the Auburn Tigers. Saturday, we have a trip planned. Sunday, the Golden State Warriors and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So check this. Check to see on Monday's show if my head exploded over the weekend. Um, and the conclusion of the Auburn Regional. Monday, there is a day next Monday. Uh-huh. Ne- next Monday, I'm I'm sniffing something. And next Tuesday is the Lightning. Next Wednesday is the Warriors. Next Thursday is the Lightning. Next Friday is the Warriors. Plus unless they had regional. some sweeps. So I, yeah, unless they had sweeps, in which case I'm either very ecstatic and I'll just stand up for the entire three-hour show or in which case I want to bury my head underneath the table and you won't hear me say anything during a three-hour show, which is probably what people prefer, honestly. So, I, I think that anyway. trip on Saturday is going to be canceled. Ooh. Oh, we've Strong. only planned it for over a month. That's Strong fine. Take. I, well, I don't want to. I, I just, you know what? Well, you know I, where I'm coming from. I know. You know where I'm we coming gotta from. We got to get firm answers from people. Okay. I don't know. Take it down. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets canceled, you want to go play? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Maybe. All right. This is on. How many members are needed to make that trip possible? Did you say three? We were trying to get like six or seven. Right. I would say four. 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 I would say four. Well, I know you and I would still do it. So that's half the battle. I don't. I don't feel great about Brooks. I don't either. If he's looking at us like now, but the the thing is, also I don't know time. Timing might matter. I don't know that he's going to get tickets. For what? Oh, he has ways. He's got. I haven't formally asked. You got tickets to what? You know. Do I have tickets to Auburn baseball? May or may not. No, do answer it. <laughs> there, there, there are two tickets in my possession. That yes. a boy. Hey, I am proud of you. For Good what job. day? For all weekend. Yeah, they did seventy five dollars for yeah. weekend. You had, I, I even you had to buy spot. all weekend, yeah. or else you took you either had to buy all weekend, or you took the chance to get game of tickets, at, right? Like, which are not guaranteed to be yeah. available, but they would only be fifteen dollars. By the way, super cheap. I hope you all. So just, just I hope everyone that wanted for to even bought, Florida bought State and UCLA. Yeah. Well, I have. I am not going to go to that game. That's the 11 a.m. Friday game. Okay. And I've left work early two two Fridays in a row for inside baseball, and I don't think I can do get away it with one it. more time. I don't I'm think I can kidding. get away with missing a whole day this coming Friday. No, society in Auburn is canceled so, on Friday, by the way, so you don't have to do if, any of your if uh, just inside baseball. If anybody is looking for UCLA Florida State tickets for Friday, they may be appearing on StubHub very so you're, soon. You're gonna that a boy. You're gonna leave the show early Friday then potentially. It's just 30 minutes. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm, al- I'm allowing him. I'm just trying to plan right now. Is that something that you would like to do, or do you want to be late to the game? It, it is right at 6. Uh, yeah. Probably. I'd probably you know duck out of here a little bit early. Okay. Not too early, though. I'd still talk on air. And but the missus is going to go with you, but correct? See if, uh, potentially. There, but, she, she has not made a commitment which game she would like to go to. And if she doesn't, I would like to throw my name in the hat. Although, I have to look. What, what did I just say is other on Friday? Is the lightning on Friday or the yeah, lightning on lightning Friday? lightning is Friday. 
Oh, but it's, but it's on ESPN. Game, I could stream it. And it's Hang only on. game two. So, so it's not like it's we're a doing something thing. we should totally be doing off air right now. And I don't, you know. <laughs> here uh, we are. But here we this are. This is our and, best and worst of the weekend. And, okay, but here's the, here's one the final question. We can move on, okay? Saturday. Uh-huh. If the timing worked out, and I don't know what needs to happen, but if the timing worked out, would you consider doing both? Maybe. But also, there's a strong. That's a no. There's a strong possibility that they're going to have to pry me off of those seats and during uh, for Plainsman Park because there's potentially two or three games Saturday, and there'll I'm, be three total there has games. To be three, yeah. There's three games. Okay, so there could there's a very strong potential that I'm there for all three games, no matter who's playing, because I just like baseball and I'm just a nut job. Okay, I can't save him. He's not coming. I don't think I don't think he's going to. St- I know he's not coming. I don't think you're going to stay for three baseball games. You'll love it. It's awesome. You I, might, don't I think you'll stay for staying two. there for three. That is a long it, day. It, it, hours, it depends yeah. on how Auburn does too. Because if Auburn loses, you're going to need they some have to, food at some point. That's not ballpark they, food. Well, yeah, that's debatable. No, I, it, he's still got meals there. It's debatable because meals. of they got Chick Fil A. They did take away my grilled cheese station from a few years ago that I'm still bitter about. You don't have to eat more. You could well. You can probably have to have two meals. He's there. been to a I, baseball game without us this year. Several. Well, yeah, very, very. I haven't been to a baseball yet. game with y'all this year. Yep. Last time was last year. I, I did. Ryan, uh, the one time that Ryan could have gone with me, he uh, he had another trip planned and he couldn't go yep. with me. I so. went to uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Yeah. No, that's a lie. Orange arguably, Beach, arguably a better option because of the food situation. <laughs> <laughs> I had better. I've, I had better. No, no debating. I had better food down there. So. <laughs> And uh, we haven't been to Plainsman Park together this yeah. year, Brooks. Yeah. Maybe, why haven't. didn't you buy four tickets then, Brooks? I <laughs> didn't have that much room on the but credit card. But you didn't think to ask. Ask what? <laughs> if you wanted me to buy you tickets? Like if we could have, you know, I didn't know that you were planning to do this. Oh, I knew he was planning to do that. You see, no one communicates with me. That is the problem here. You're never here. Oh. That's why you're a friend of the program. Oh. Fine. I'll... You know what? Do you want me to send you daily text recap? Do you want to just yes. we, That's you, what I've been vouching for. Brooks you, you sneezed to, at one thirty-eight. He does me, not think there's a sickness. Do you want me to sell all my tickets and just, we just hang out in the parking deck with Kevin Ives? That'd be fun. All right. That'd be fun. Brooks was upset there was no paper in the morning. I was. <laughs> there's been several days that I've come in and complained to Ryan that there hasn't been a paper available at the gas station. Our conversations, this is another proof to the point that we are going to get the best and worst of the weekend. All right. Our conversations are different than your conversations. Me like and you? The JJ and Brooks conversations are different than the Brooks and Ryan conversations. Yeah. The content is always greatly different. Yes. Not always. Well, I mean, not always. I mean, yeah, but like, you usually... Ryan, Ryan knows more about my daily happenings because he's he's usually in the office earlier than you are and he comes back there to the production desk and talks to me about what happened the night before and well and sometimes jj starts conversation with brooks by calling brooks either an animal or an yeah. animate <laughs> object so yeah or insulting something that i'm eating or right. i'm wearing or you want to insult my my attire today you look great today even though it's you know the long sleeves under the short sleeves it and is once, 89 once we get outside. into summertime i'm gonna be really rest, questionable about that tomorrow's the first day of meteorological summer yeah so. meteorological summer or like actual summer well we, like we had the 20th. debate we had the debate that it's always june 21st june 21st so it, are you gonna start criticizing my attire 21st or tomorrow june 21st all right yeah so i got some leeway. you have three weeks yeah. I'll break out the hoodies tomorrow. Yeah, not a fan of meteorologists. Oh, wow. <laughs> Strong take. 
is my silence deafening? Those, those eyes is, were great. Is, like is this the moment that I tell you that we actually have a couple, meet, or at least one meteorologist that follows us on Twitter? And this guy, is, is he that one? No. I'm not, I'm not certified, though. Just, we have a certified meteorologist that follows us on Twitter. But do you say... I'm Ryan Lavoy with the ti- you say Tiger Communications weather. Yeah, I don't say I'm meteorologist Ryan Lavoy. Be yeah. long. It's not. It's like that would be like me walking in saying, you know, they they say, hey, we need a doctor. We're on a plane. We need a doctor. I said, well, I've watched three episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, that wouldn't be wise, Brooks. No. Doctor Childress, now, paging Doctor Childress. Ryan's more more qualified than that. Like Ryan actually studies like all the weather stuff, and he like knows all this different things that like I like barometric could, pressure. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what it was, and that's more than what I could get from Gray's and watching Gray's Anatomy for an hour a night. But still, you want to do best and worst? What does nine hundred and ninety two millibars mean to you, JJ? <laughs> now time for the best Woo-hoo! and worst. No. No! No! Of the weekend. It means I got tired of that conversation. Wow. Wanted to Whoa! <laughs> That's a candy bar, right? Uh, <laughs> best <laughs> and worst of the weekend <laughs> here on this Tuesday. Worst for me, Liverpool lost the Champions League final 1-0 oh, that's best. What are you against Real Madrid. Courtois you didn't was, turn my mic on. Courtois was unbelievable. I mean, Liverpool dominated possession for mm-hmm. the last 30 minutes of the game easily and just could not find the back of the net. Ha! Ah! That was ah, my worst ha, ha, weekend. Ha. Uh, Brooks, your turn. Uh, Madrid. Madrid. A la Madrid. Oh, man. Um, my, are we going worst of the weekend first? That's what I just did. Uh, my worst of the weekend, I complained about this in the in off the air a little bit earlier to Ryan and Austin uh, in the office, but the lack of day baseball yesterday on national TV, on Memorial Day, that's usually like Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day, those are days for day baseball on national TV. You get to sit down and watch none. There was no national national TV for the baseball. MLB. Yeah, interesting. It was none, and it's just. And I've I've noted, and Ryan pointed out, it's because of the hockey stuff that they've been doing a lot more hockey stuff. But there's been a significant lack of national TV baseball with ESPN since opening day. They got to fix that. Besides Sunday night baseball, there's been no midweek stuff. FS1's got one midweek game. TBS has one midweek game. Other than that, you got no national league national TV baseball during the middle of the week. They want the, make it more accessible, please. All right, your worst of the weekend. Um, hmm. my worst of the weekend. Oh, being away from your friends. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw other friends in Birmingham, and I'm always away from. I them, saw typically. some pictures. It looked like he had a good time. Yeah, he's a cool boy. Yeah, I was out till two a.m. one night. I'm excited. <laughs> I um, I wasn't doing anything bad. Um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I don't know what, because everything I would say that would be my worst weekend that I'm thinking of right now is just petty, just a, a stream of best pettiness. of the weekend. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's do um, best of the weekend is the fact that Auburn's hosting a regional. I like it. Um, that was not a given after their performance against Kentucky, and I think that's really exciting. I mean, you guys know. I know there's some people that always will just care about football here, and that's fine. But I've just grown up liking so many different kinds of sports. There's probably five or six sports that I watch religiously. Um, And some of those involve college, some of those don't. But I'm glad that Auburn is able to 
perform well, and, and they've also had great performances in other, other even smaller sports. But I'm glad that they've been able to perform well here in baseball, and I, I love the energy that's starting to develop here about this regional and, and how excited a lot of people are. And so I, I'm just – the best of the week is just Auburn caring about – baseball you know and, and certainly people have started to care about basketball a lot the last four or five six years um but i just i just love it whenever people care about some of these other significant sports but i mean hey like that's a great answer uh, i know that i know that it will never be king i know that that even though we joke it's basketball school it's still football school we yeah. know that eighty-seven thousand people go to these games um but for for basketball and baseball that are very significant sports and softball even i'd throw that in there too that are significant sports and and, and basketball and baseball played at a very high level uh, this year and obviously their professional leagues a lot of people care about just to see that kind of develop here um, with Auburn just the excitement around a, a regional host team uh, that's the best of the weekend. Brooks what is your best of the weekend quickly? Uh, uh, best of the weekend as I mentioned earlier getting across another stadium off the list Got, went to Toyota Field this weekend to see the Rocket City Trash Pandas RIP the Mobile Bay Bears versus the Tennessee Smokies really fun game as I said earlier I got to see Tory Hunter, Hunter Jr. playing a baseball game so that was really uh, really fun and the stadium was great nice new stadium up there if you haven't been to uh, Rocket City uh, to see a baseball game I highly recommend it fun times awesome best and worst of the weekend here on a tuesday let's do a nightly tv guy our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide my best of the weekend was that i saw my family i was about to say really i'll say it for you back you in Asheville. that was yeah. amazing got to catch up with some friends it wasn't as that well. your number one in an app now and uh <laughs> <laughs> there's a game that i'm number one in the world yeah. in uh, which is very amazing um, got to see my canines, my dogs, which was awesome. And Oof. yeah, good weekend. Uh, Brooks, our nightly TV guide, new sponsor. New sponsor. Presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That's right. I'll work on that. <laughs> White Claw Hard Seltzer. So while you're settling down with a nice ice cold White Claw Hard Seltzer tonight. Say that here, seven times fast. No, I'm not going to try. Okay. Here's What's what, on TV? You can watch all sports tonight. I'm not giving you anything else to pick from. All sports tonight starting at 6 o'clock. WNBA action on national TV. ESPN2 Phoenix. Uh, the Phoenix Mercury take on the Chicago Sky. Then at 8 o'clock on ESPN2, the Connecticut Sun take on the Las Vegas Aces. Some good WNBA action there. High school lacrosse is tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPNU. The Geico High School Series championship lacrosse match is tonight. I know the NCAA is just wrapped up over the weekend. North Carolina winning the women's side of things and Maryland winning the men's side of things. A big, big time lacrosse season coming to an end here. Uh, Major League Baseball action tonight at 6 o'clock on TBS. Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels take on Aaron Judge and the New York Yankees. Game one of that series, 6 o'clock on TBS. And, of course, 8.40 to down at Bally Sports South. The Atlanta Braves look to bounce back and get a win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Tonight, game two at 8.40. By the time we get on the air tomorrow, we will be in the middle of a second game between them. So we'll have a one and a half games because the Braves start at like 2 o'clock tomorrow. So one and a half games will be played between the Braves and the Diamondbacks by the time we get on the air tomorrow. And then, of course, hockey action tonight. Edmonton Oilers, Colorado Avalanche. JJ needs the Avalanche to win by nine goals tonight. Make it happen. To even up the uh, goal scoring for totals for the month of April in the NHL playoffs. But game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Oilers and the Avalanche at 7 o'clock on TNT. That's your Night TV Guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. White Claw Hard Seltzer. Late arriving, worst of the weekend. I'm uh, upset at JJ for not having a 
a fun story for his worst of the weekend about how someone did something goofy in the state of Florida. Oh. Yeah, I totally forgot to uh, be prepared there's for that. My, there's the, your one. It's because yeah. you're not Tom Peavy. Yeah, I enjoy. I hope Tom brings that back in. So. Oh, I had something good to say on the radio that I was. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I remember, I remember. I remember. I remember. Hurry! You want a shout out? Shout it out. Sure. From the rooftops. I, I want a shout out to Ryan Lavoie. People want to talk hockey and NBA and you know just noise. Just noise. Shout out to Ryan Lavoie. Birmingham Stallions. Oh yeah, Can't the only seven and zero USFL team. We watched that over the weekend too. I mean, uh, what about it, man? Not about that. Hey, oh, that's what I was gonna say earlier. Wow. I remember when when I just totally got lost in the Kirby Smart <laughs> yeah. Club. You know, Whoa. we were talking about access to more access to golf and football. Yeah. The USFL has been doing that because you can actually hear what the referees and the replay center right. are saying. You can hear the coaches make play calls. I heard on a fourth and one, the coach say, "We're not snapping the ball." hard count or not snapping the ball so i knew hey there's no there's just don't don't jump guys and birmingham didn't jump so you do have some access to the usfl thank you for that bro i mean jj oh no (laughs) thank you for that jj we'll be on the show together tomorrow sounds good with tom peavy sounds good and austin wacky wednesday wacky wednesday we will see all right yeah Wacky Wednesday, most likely. Say goodnight, fellas. Say goodnight, fellas. Uh, All right, that's Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy. Thank you to Kevin Ives for joining us on the program. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.